the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I had a friend sending me a text saying, have you heard this thing about the millennial snorting condoms? <laughs> have you heard about this? Yet? I have. They snort the condom up their nose, reach in their mouth, and pull it out of their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I am not making this up. And these <laughs> are the people telling us about our gun rights. Yes. I just want to remind well, you. <laughs> you know what they say about animals in the zoo? They... they, they they get to where they can't fend for themselves after after a while. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's maybe what we've done with public schools. We, we've put children in zoos, and, and lo and behold, we've got humans now that just can't hardly function. Give them a job. Well, if they're not snorting condoms, they're eating Tide Pods. What are you well, going to do? I'll give them credit. At least they've moved on, I hope, from the Tide Pods and gone to the condoms. <laughs> Which is and worse. in our day, it was cinnamon. Remember doing the cinnamon stick at thing? No, I didn't at do least that. Oh, we that's did. food. Yeah, well, except that cinnamon oil will burn you. <laughs> yeah, they do that much. I what was it about was it a ten years ago that they did just to try to swallow a tablespoon of cinnamon. cinnamon? Oh yeah, Woo. but we yeah. did the soaked toothpicks in cinnamon oil kind of thing. Well, and that was all right. Trying to chew, well, until you get too much cinnamon oil on well, one of those toothpicks. That, that's your fault <laughs> as far as that goes. But that was a, you know, that was a way of trying to get around having to spend money to buy them. Yeah. You know, you could buy yeah, a box I remember of those cinnamon, yeah. sti- those cinnamon oh, yeah. toothpicks. Yeah. Used to go to Magic Mart and get an icy and cinnamon stick toothpicks. <laughs> man, that boy, you that's were back cool. in the high life. Icy yeah, and you, bet. you were cool. <laughs> that's man. right. Magic Mart? Yeah. Magic, What's Magic Mart. Mart. Does it even exist? Uh, they don't anyone? exist anymore. Coke Coke it Jerry was swallowed ice. up by the I've seen a seven eleven by the Walmart. Never no. a Magic Mart. No, Magic Mark was uh, basically like a Ben Franklin or uh, or just a small Walmart, basically. Smaller I, Walmart. I got in trouble in Indianapolis about something that I said about 7-Elevens. Uh-oh. Was it an ethnic joke? Yeah, it had to be. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, because you know better than that. Every 7-Eleven and in in uh, indianapolis michael burritos and slurpees no they were Careful. no 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 it was it was indians it was the people from india that were there and i said on the air one time that you go in and you scratch the dot off on the teller and, <laughs> and then you win a prize um you might get a couple broken no sense of, people don't have a sense of humor these <laughs> days they, they just have a they sense don't. of humor about they anything don't. you can't even take your peacock to I the mean, airport i mean really <laughs> They're tearing down presidents' monuments now. I tell you, snorting condoms. These are the future leaders of America. And what happens if that sort of kind of goes on down your throat to your lungs? Uh, You realize they said that about you one of those days. Uh, I'm sure that they did, Uh, Elizabeth. It might be you you might just win the Darwin Award. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) They did. They did say in the story that no one had yet suffered an injury from doing this. Hmm. yeah i'd like to explain Not that yet. one at the pearly gates i mean if it i mean if it flips, if it flips around what were you thinking will you blow a big balloon out your nose or something <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying that'd be kind of weird uh. 
Chemistry. Anyway, that's the newest fad, just so you'll all yeah. know. If you see some kid pulling a condom out of their mouth, <laughs> give them because a job. they snorted it. Tell them to mow the yard. Yeah. <laughs> Do something productive. Yeah, we, we've, we go mow a we, yard. Yeah, go mow a yard. Go trim a tree. We've outlawed child labor in this country. Now look what they're doing. We hadn't outlawed it at my house. It, well, not not uh, fully yeah, completely uh, yet, but not, yeah, that's exactly right. Obviously, far too much though. Anyway, what can I say? You know. There's really not. <laughs> I just got an answer. Idle time is a bad thing. Person says to me, uh, "What happened to just making out?" That's what my friend <laughs> said back. <to> me. <laughs> this has well, right I, now. I as guess far what as I know, this has nothing to do. Practice safe kissing. With, yeah, with sex, it has nothing to do it with it. I just something. They, it's look. There, there were people. They're magicians. Remember to have the, the string and they put it in their nose and then they pull it out their mouth. This is a takeoff on that. Well, it's all connected mm. back there. It'll come back out. Well, yeah, mouth, but but it's because of your sinuses. Yeah. But, but they talk about how, you know, your, t- your sinuses can be really screwed up easily if you do things to them. And oh, yeah. uh, you start put string in there. <laughs> it would Man, be the, it would what, be the worst time to find out that you're latex intolerant. I tell you what, anytime I come to work here, Dave, I never know what to expect. (laughs) If you'd asked me today, we'd have been talking about, that was a breaking story. Talking about snorting condoms. You got to keep up on the news, RD. You just got to keep up. No wonder I don't watch the news. (laughs) Talking about snorting condoms rather than snorting something else. Oh yeah. I tell you. Just saying. What can I tell you? Things are slow, I guess. Bizarre (laughs) stuff. Anyway, the big big story going on right now, we're going to talk about it later uh, here in the show, and uh, that's dealing with this, you know, caravan of uh, illegal immigrants that are making their way up to the United States. Although, according to the WAPO, uh, Elizabeth has a story that says they've, they've run into a delay. Is that right, Elizabeth? They are uncertain and anxious now about their future direction. I would assume it has something to do with Trump saying he's going to send the military troops to our border. Yeah, that might have something to do with it. He says he's going to put the military on the border. And how many of us have been thinking that for a long, long time? And isn't it funny that the stunt they come up with to pressure him enables him to do what we wanted to do all along? Yeah, I'm taking a look here. Let's see. President Trump said today, the U.S. military will be used to guard the U.S.-Mexico border. It's from the Daily Caller. We're going to be guarding our border with our military. That's a big step. We cannot have people flowing into our country legally disappearing and, by the way, never showing up for court. The uh, president's comments appear to take aim at current U.S. policy, which requires border agents to catch then release family units who arrive at the border from non-contiguous countries. He also said he had spoken with Secretary of Defense James Mattis about the use of the military to guard the border. In recent days, Trump has repeatedly tweeted about a caravan of illegal immigrants making their way from Honduras to the U.S. border via Mexico. It's about 1,500 people is what it is. The president had threatened to end the NAFTA agreement if the Mexican government did not stop the caravan and to you to end USA to Honduras. 
the big caravan of people from Honduras now coming across Mexico and heading to our, quote, weak laws border had better be stopped before it gets there. Cash cow NAFTA is in play, as is foreign aid to Honduras and the countries that allow this to happen. Congress must act now. Mexican authorities responded to Trump's Sunday threat to kill NAFTA by pledging to disband the caravan and allow some people traveling to apply for asylum in Mexico. The organizers, however, said many members of the group will continue marching north towards the U.S.-Mexico border, where if they claim asylum and are with a family unit, they legally must be released into the interior of the country. Thank you, President Obama. Mm -hmm. Uh, Later in the uh, press spray, Trump claimed that nobody has been tougher on Russia than his administration. says, we'll find out whether or not we do. If we could all get along, that would be great. And that includes China and includes many other countries. President of the U.S. explained, but we will see what happens. Only time will tell. Pretty much everybody agrees to that except very stupid people. It sounds like Trump. Well, I tell you what, we've still got we've got a Republican House and Senate in Washington also, and they need to get that law fixed. You know, you can't blame everything, Obama. We had a bad leader, but uh, uh, the Republicans they need to do something. Well, they the only to way they're going the way they're only going to be able to do it is if you get McConnell <laughs> to decide to do the nuke option, and then when you do that, it, it's if you think it's bad now. You wait until power changes either, you know, over because it changes all the time. So whoever has control at that point, uh, would have the nuke option. All they need is a majority to get through whatever law that they want to get through. It it will be absolute pandemonium if that occurs. Well, the Democrats have done it before. Well, I know they have done it before. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's not like if we don't do it, they won't do it. And if I don't, you don't. I mean, I mean, we've, the Democrats used, we've are used it, do it. On, a, on, a, on a small basis for uh, some of these court appointments and right. things that we need to get bro- uh, uh, filled. And the Democrats have used it on a small uh, a small scale, but no one has done it on something on a big thing. And this would be a yeah. big thing, to say the least. So, I, you know, if it's the right thing to do, why not know, use it? I mean, if it is the right thing to do, why hold back? Because the other side doesn't believe it's the right thing to do. They will never believe anything that we want to do is the I'm right thing saying, to do. I'm just saying, here's the yeah. Paul, wait. Yeah. Let's, here's, let's, the, here's the point. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. Maybe this is the time to do it. But just open, just understand the Pandora's box you have opened at that point. I understand. And it's, but the thing is, it is a constitutional provision, and it's it's – it seems like it's nothing more than just a traditional idea that they're preserving. All they, all it is is uh, to give the ability to not have to have people to stand and to talk for hours on end. That's all it is. So, so they save 61 votes, period, and then mm-hmm. that would break the filibuster rule. So they just get rid of the, quote, it's not, you know, what was it? Uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Mm-hmm, right. uh, they don't do that anymore. Okay, they, they actually just take a vote, and if they don't, if they don't, you don't have sixty-one votes. You know, you can't get this measure passed. So if that's, you know, if that's what they want to go to, uh, if you think it's partisan now, and people think it doesn't work, it's dysfunctional now. I'm just going to tell you that's just like throwing, 
gasoline on a small grass fire small grass fire boy i tell you what i don't think i think washington's more than a small grass fire but i'd hate to see it get worse to get anything done than it is i'm now. just saying that's just but you know you this doing? is a national security issue i agree with it, that it, too it, this is a national security and it has to be addressed and uh, they keep funding budgets and, and they keep funding things that like planned parenthood and everything else that we don't like at some point you got to draw a line and I, I, I think it's just time to do it. Isn't okay. Planned Parenthood a good place to draw the line? Yeah, I, I mean, would have thought. I would have thought. thought. Yeah, I would have thought. You know, I, mean, I couldn't have voted for anything that funded Planned Parenthood myself. Not in a clear conscience, but, you know, it's all part of a big hairy package deal up there, I guess. Hairy turdball package yeah. deal, huh? Uh, yeah, we're really reducing. Ball. Yeah, we're really reducing. We're reducing Kind of like giving a cat a bath. Uh, I guess. Have we yeah. saved any money yet? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, that, you know, that's going to have to be uh, determined. We'll have to see what mm. they're going to do. If they're willing. I mean, this is where you decide, are you going to go to the mats like in The Godfather or aren't you? Let's go. Because <laughs> it means you're going to war. That's I just said get go. it done. Let's get on with it you because know? it's coming one way or the other. And Let's the left go. is going to push this immigration stop, thing. Stop kicking the cans down the road. We need, we need well, to fix things correctly hey, and stop fooling around. Think about the midterms. This is going to help the GOP if on the, a real big way. If the GOP way. would Keep get going, a set of principles, get a spine, people would like them. They, they claim to have principles when they, when they run for office. They get elected and they've, they've got the spine of a of a worm. It's so much better when we have the opposition in office because we're better as an opponent party. That's what I've heard lately. I'm like, so you want to give the power to the other party That's so you can Arkansas. be better? Really? That makes no sense. Maybe it'd be a good idea if we get another Democrat governor because then the GOP will stand up and have a spine. I'm like, what? That might have been true. What? Well, at least in Arkansas, the, the, the legislature that, could actually override the governor's veto very, very easily if they had a spine. But they don't have a spine right now, apparently. Yes, Russ. I'm just wondering where Paul has to pinch himself to get that high up in the octave. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a string that comes out of his pants. He yanks it I'm real tight. I'm leaving the room now. And it pulls his underwear tight. Hey, That's a little more than I needed to see. <laughs> uh, That's not true. My it's a new I idea. The whole idea of wedgies, I got, uh, <laughs> I got to get a break in here. Uh, conventional wisdom says that you should delay claiming Social Security to maximize your benefits. But that strategy today can wind up costing you tens of thousands of dollars. There's a lot more to claiming your Social Security benefits than you know. Your decision could trigger an avalanche of taxes, double your Medicare premiums, and ultimately, it could cost you tens of thousands of dollars over the lifetime of your benefits of Social Security, possibly even more. Learn how you could avoid this with a free, customized Social Security review from David Lucas of David Lucas Financial, right here in North Little Rock. David's a published author, host of the David Lucas Show, here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. If you've saved $200,000 for retirement, be one of the first 10 callers and schedule your free review now at 501-653-6690. 501-653-6690. That's 501 501- Six five three, sixty six ninety, and we are back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We took a little break there, everybody. When we take a break, everybody sprints for whatever they need to do, whether it's get a cup of coffee, 
get some water, get the restroom, and then everybody sprints back to be sitting here and ready to go when we come back to the show. It's the way it works. And these folks have been on the power panel long enough that they do it very well now. <laughs> they do it well. The only thing that Elizabeth doesn't like is she starts off hot in the studio now. <laughs> i got to believe that she's starting to get cold in the studio. I've already had the jacket on like okay. five times back and forth. <laughs> So, well, it was warm in here when we started. It now did. it's cold. What can I say? Well, we <laughs> we try to, you know, moderate the temperature, but it's really hard to get it right. Mm. You you turn it up, you fry. You turn it down, <laughs> you freeze. Well, and it's kind of warmish outside, and you know, air conditioning is right on that edge. You want to keep it cool, in the, but you don't want it sixty degrees. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, uh, Bruce Westerman's uh, part of his staff here. Before the show started, they, they wanted me to meet the new campaign manager. Nice lady. Um, she'll be kind of taking things over starting in August, according to, to them. Darby? Uh, is that, yeah. was, that, was that her name? Her name is Darby. Darby, yes, that's it. And uh, I had time to talk to her and, and found out. Now, she looked, how old did she look to you, Russ? I, I thought she maybe was 27, 28, maybe. She looked like she was uh, 17, 18 to me. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, she's a little older than that. But uh, bottom line was, is that she evidently is a huge classic rock fan. Oh. Because I started, I said, to start off to talk about the caravan that's coming up from Mexico, I was thinking about opening up the show today with the Doors doing Spanish Caravan, which oh, was yeah. one of their, their great songs. Can't we do that on and, a break? Yeah, we can bring it back. We can get it on one time that we're coming back. But uh, she says, yeah, I really like the Doors. And I, awesome. I wanted to look at her and go, you don't even have any idea who the Doors <laughs> were. <laughs> but anyway, she, she, I said, okay, so who's your favorite classic rock band? And she said, Led Zeppelin. And I said, good choice. Yeah. <laughs> good about, choice. How about the song, I Hear You Knocking But You Can't Come In? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I hear that's you a knocking. good one, too, today. Yeah, who, did, who did that one, Russ? Do you remember who did the song, I Hear You Knocking? It's kind of a funky name group. I forget who it was that did it. Kind of a one-hit wonder. Maybe, I yeah, I think it is. We, we, we may be able to play that. Dave Edmonds. Was it Dave Edmonds? Dave Edmonds. Okay. Wow. I didn't know he did that one. Okay. And I start typing this into my search. I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. The first thing that pops up is Cheech and Chong. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. There okay. you go. Right now, you have to sing with it. Oh, no. Here it goes. Oh, All yours. All yours. Here's R.D. <laughs> <laughs> speakers on the border <laughs> yeah that would be great play this towards the caravan <laughs> yeah that would be go good. back where you've been <laughs> that would be good that would work man that was the uh honduran government <laughs> yeah that's exactly right lies they let right. the prisons out they i didn't know the that prisons was dave out. i didn't know that was I'd I didn't know the lyrics would be yeah. that close to what I probably we knew. Yeah. I probably knew it one time, but it long left me since then. Yeah, and Dave Edmonds was a good musician. He really was. He's an excellent musician. All right, what we got? We got about a minute till we get to uh, news here on the uh, Dave Ellswick show. But this is that's the big story that's going on right now. 
Now, Trump has threatened to not do any more negotiations about NAFTA if Mexico doesn't do something about this. I think that's fair. And, Don't do uh, it. We'll take 1,500 refugees and save NAFTA. That sounds like a heck of a trade to me. And then he said to, the, to Honduras, you let this kind of stuff happen and we'll cut all of your uh, you know, state money from us coming to you. Now, uh, I like the way why, he negotiates. Why are we sending them state money? They, uh, it's, to help, <laughs> it's to help their democracy down there. Oh. Like we send all those other countries are, are money we, to help them out. Are we also promoting socialism down there, too? I have no idea. Well, I, I think by sending them state Socialism money, is the crony end capitalism. thing right now, bud. Well, crony by, send, by sending them money, I think we're actually promoting socialism rather than free markets. And Now, I have no idea what they're doing. They're probably, I would hope that they're you know, potable water and teaching kids and food and stuff for the nose. people. You know, no, they're, they're learning that on the Internet. Okay. I think All Puerto right. Rico could use that before Honduras needs the money. Here's the news. for our friends down in Mexico right now. All right, so that's the door, Spanish caravan. What they should do is get a bunch of guys out in outfits for road work. And have signs saying, take a right turn. <laughs> and they just go into the Detour. ocean. Detour. <laughs> right. Heading to Spain. <laughs> right turn, Clyde. Well, yeah. and they wondered where they might try to cross the border if they're in Oaxaca, Mexico. That means they're coming into California, right? I have no idea. Oaxaca sounds Isn't like it something on you the... bring up out of your lungs. <laughs> well, I believe that's one of the Mexican states on the west side of Mexico. I haven't looked it up. Isn't that where Fear the Walking Dead is taking place? Maybe they'll get eaten by the zombies. <laughs> All right, Mexican food tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're so full of it today. Gives new meaning to the to the Great e- eating Mexican yeah. for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gonna say. Anyway, anyway. Oh. Yeah, that's going on. By the way, well, you got to laugh. As I said, oh, yeah, I'm it's gonna, a terrible, terrible, let me, terrible let me attack on our on our republic. Let me read this to everybody. If you're an American and if this don't piss you off, there's there's really something wrong with you. I'm just telling you, there's you're, you're missing out on something. This is uh, one of the main stories. Uh, where is it? We're suffering. List of demands. The political outreach group. Pueblo Sin Forteras, who organized this caravan, released a press release for the United States, Mexico, and their respective Central American governments. Quote, 
We demand of the Mexico and the United States that they respect our rights as refugees and our right to dignified work to be able to support our families. Secondly, that they must open the borders to us because we are as much citizens as the people of the countries where we are and or travel. Frankly, immigration wouldn't be a hotbed political issue in America and the world if that second statement was true, but it is absolutely not. I just wonder what PR firm actually paid somebody to mistype all of that English. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Their mission, they say, is to provide shelter and safety to migrants and refugees in transit, accompanying them in their journey and together demand respect for our human rights. Our dream is to build solidarity bridges amongst people and turn down border walls imposed by greed. In other words, they want complete open borders. And, and Globalists. What, and what has been said, if you don't have a border, you don't have a what? A country. A country. That's exactly right. It's, uh, this is a PR stunt that's been orchestrated by leftists. Trump has already shut down any notion of letting the caravan into the U.S., accusing Mexico of uh, facilitating the groups trying to take advantage of the DACA situation. These big flows of people, this is the president now, these big flows of people are all trying to take advantage of DACA. They want in on the act. Mexico has the absolute power not to let these large caravans of people enter the country. They must stop them at their northern border, which they can do because their border laws work. Not allow them to pass through into our country, which has no effective border laws. <laughs> Congress must immediately pass border legislation, use the nuclear option if necessary, to stop the massive inflow of drugs and people. Border patrol agents and ICE are great, but the weak, dim laws don't allow them to do their job. Act now, Congress. Our country is being stolen. Trump also made clear that any DACA deal is effectively dead because the Democrats failed to act. Quote, DACA is dead because the Democrats didn't care or act. And now everyone wants to get onto the DACA bandwagon. No longer works. He tweeted, must build wall and secure our borders with proper border legislation. Democrats want no borders, hence drugs and crime. All the rhinos up there want don't want to have anything to do with this because elections are coming up and they think Trump is dead. Absolutely. Well, that's what they think. That's what they think. But let's remember that the reason the president got elected, this was one of his main issues that he dealt with constantly on the campaign trail. People want something done about this. Yeah, the people spoke, but all the... All the cockroaches from the Republican Indeed. Party scattered out of the light when he was running. Yep. Well, you were true about that. And all the Democrats are just playing a game now. They're trying to tell these uh, illegals that are here and under DACA that they're doing what they can when they're doing nothing. They do nothing. Well, and some of the DACA folks are starting to realize that the Democrats are really kind of fooling them. I've, he- I've read here and there where they're like, well, why didn't you do, you know, they're starting to attack their base 
just like on the GOP side, the base is getting attacked for not doing what it says it's supposed to be doing on behalf of its constituents. So, so Paul, they're figuring it out. The president has said, use the nuke option. He's the one who says it. All right. Well, not all only right. that, but it, now I see a news article here. He says, not only are we going to bring troops to the border now, it says here, quote, President Trump, quote, I've been speaking with General Mattis. We're going to do things militarily, he said on Tuesday. Quote, until we can have a wall and proper security, we're going to guard our border with the military. Okay, so until now, we build the wall. Here's the question, though. But here, Here's the question. Remember Bush put National Guardsmen down on the border, but they were told not to engage. Well, they cannot yes. because of posse comitatus. Well, the, they can guard, but they can't arrest. They don't have mili- uh, the national, law enforcement. The authority. National Guard can. Yes. The military cannot, but the National Guard can. All you got to do is get the governors to deploy the National Guard, and the National Guard can do just about any kind of law enforcement that you need down on the border. Yes, Hardy, you were going to say. I've been reading here about DACA, and I, just, I can't believe it. It talks about all the benefits that, that, uh, and I like the way they worded here that says that, uh, uh, undocumented, this is to help undocumented citizens. If you're <laughs> undocumented I, citizens, let me throw I'm, up now. I'm familiar with un, the, the idea of an undocumented citizen. That would be a child who's born in this country that, that never got registered. That's right. correct. That's what, I don't that's think that's correct. what they're referring to, though. This is what it helps undocumented citizens do. You can get a social security card. Uh, in most states, you can get a driver's license. You can get your uh, build your credit score, and you can get health care benefits uh, and other benefits, and uh, and you can put all your bills in your name. So you so you can just show up and and uh, be illegal, and you can get a social security number. And, and if you're in Little Rock, you can very soon get a Little Rock ID for that too. Interesting. Yeah, we're waiting on but, that. But, yep. but have we figured out if this is actually for for undocumented citizens or or undocumented? Oh no, aliens? no. this is for undocumented <laughs> aliens. Is what it's These for. These are for people who They're don't smithing it. Yeah, they weren't born here. They're not citizens of our country. They have no right to claim the benefits of American citizenship. Now, if they were born he- born here, that's a different story. That's sure. a different story. There's still, but I still think that that's yeah, a I'll argue amendment, that. Yeah, I argue. It. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and we need to go that's back. That's been upheld. And, and, that and we fixed. Need, we need to States go back rights. and and take care of that because that meant for at that time for African Americans here in the United States that had been brought here as slaves, and they were giving them a ways to have uh, citizenship, citizenship in the sure. in the country. So like, we had an unintended consequence, unintended consequence. Yeah, by it's having, called a court system. Yeah. <laughs> That has its using for something that it was not ever intended to be used for. So that needs fixed, and DACA needs thrown out. Yeah, well, right now it's not in vogue. It's 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 just sitting there. It's a piece of legislation. It's not being enforced. So what do you think about Trump completely canceling it and putting it back into Congress's hands? Well, it's where it has to go. Congress is the, the branch of the government supposed yeah. to take care of this. I mean, I actually like that move, even though we're kind of at a stalemate, because mm-hmm. that's where we should have been all along, and it's, it's a, a legis- step in the right it's direction. It's a legislative uh, but, but event that has to take it care is. of it. The and they're unwilling, as Rardy said. They're totally unwilling to address it. Oh, it's election oh, year. Yeah, we don't do anything important in election potato. year. 
Yeah, they'll stay away from that. And, Paul, you were right. I believe that if they did the right thing, they might be really surprised at the support they might get in November. You know, I think they, they might did, be really surprised. Even if they did the wrong thing, if they would have some principles, if they would have a spine, I think people would like them better. I don't think you can do the wrong thing. <laughs> I don't know about liking principles. them, but I might vote <laughs> well, for them. <laughs> well, I mean, just, just like on some level, you know, if someone's, if someone's a dedicated socialist, I will typically have more respect for them, even though I think they're dead wrong. If they're dedicated socialists, I can actually have a conversation with them because they might have some principles, as opposed to the person who's kind of a whitewashed. Um, they may have a foundation. No, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to disagree with you. There is no one that I can have, uh, you know, say has principles if their overriding uh, ideology is to take other people's money and give it to other people that they deem need your money well, more than you do. And take away our constitutional rights. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that. Well, and that's not a principled person, if you ask. Well, well I guess I, it I mean, is. They, 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 they have principles. Principled in a certain way. The, the self-worship sort hey, of thing. Hey, Dave, were See, you it's all back to that. But, we but, don't but, have common, even common definitions to converse with. We can't right. have these conversations. Right, but, but at least at least some of these people, they you can at least, you can, you, you can, you, you can pin them with something. At least, at least they have some. They have some beliefs. You can put a stake in the ground and at least know that it's there. Right, right. As opposed to a lot of people, they've got they've got a hodgepodge of mixed up beliefs that are contradictory, and you just can't get anywhere with them at all. There, there's just no having a discussion. Because I they, applaud you got, for even trying. Well, Most of us don't waste our time. <laughs> hey, Dave. Dave were Maybe you one of these days I'll get smarter. <laughs> Dave, were you involved in the seventies with the national? Uh, salary fights that went on in the 70s no, and 80s whenever they were not. trying to come up with a national salary so everybody got paid the same. Well, now we just call Are you talking about universal income again? Now we're yeah, talking yeah. about <laughs> universal income, and that is actually getting traction. Oh, yeah. That was big in the 70s. I mean, there were a lot of people fighting for that in the 70s. It know? was Gene Roddenberry. Yes. Star Trek. Yes, yeah. the Star Trek guy. Listen yeah. carefully. It was Star Trek. He was teaching That's the it. way you live in Star Trek, too. He was teaching it on uh, Star Trek. Well, think have about you it. Ever noticed Does nobody, anybody have a job? Nobody Does anybody get a, a paycheck? really has a job or gets a paycheck. And he Nobody's was They're just that. there. And yeah. they just go to the commissary or the kitchen and area, and they get their time. food, and they have a place to live huh. and everything, and nobody has to pay you, for any of that. You'd think that this country was built on exceptionalism. Hmm. People that doing far above and beyond what they were expected to but do. They think Some of, of it's different still believe now. It. <laughs> now we're on they the think about now is this. Well, there's a, an exception to everything. <laughs> that's, <laughs> an, the, that's exceptionalism. I, I'm in the offended United that you're now. talking about exceptionalism. Somebody's <laughs> going to be offended. Yeah. Yeah. Now, well, now we're hey. on the cutting edge of mediocrity. <laughs> well, yeah. that's exactly right. Well, I tell you what it what it does it takes away people's motive to try to get ahead and to, and to try to That's do what socialism always yeah, does. Yeah, it takes it takes away the motive. So if some kid's born in a small town somewhere and he thinks, "Hey, you know, I'm going to uh go into the city and learn a profession and start my own business and maybe buy real estate like Paul and, 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 and get into the real illegal. estate business and or be well, in control if, of your own life." Even if he's able to do it if if he makes three dollars and, and and somebody else is making a dollar fifty, so they split the seventy five cents difference and uh, and give it to the next guy. I tell you, before you know it, you know you're 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 at Atlas Shrug all over. Yeah. You're yeah. right where you're at. You're at Atlas Shrug, and I'm sure. Well, how did and, that end up? Yeah, they were turning out the lights. That's right. Yeah. Well, and I got to tell you, I'm getting close to that age that I'll probably have to go on Medicare, right? And you're, it's mandatory. I don't get to choose this. I have to. Well, I and I, I don't to want to. I, I get, don't want to be on the dole. See, I, I had to put. I've been able to put it off since I work for a company bigger than I think sixty people or whatever. I I can stay on my insurance that I have. 
yeah. and not have to take Medicare. But somewhere along the line, I'm going to have to because, you know, Linda will turn 65 in November. So I was uh, horrified to find out that I don't even get to, ch- I can't even say, no, thank you. I'll do whatever I got to do on my own. I don't even get that chance until well, you're ready to take it. You can't even get your social security. Yep. That's right. That's what? what I'm saying. It's mandated that I go on the dole. Why? I don't want to be there. Why think can they mandate that you get on a socialized medicine federal program, but you can't mandate people that don't have a job work. and can't pay no for figure. their health insurance and have the ability and the health and be able to work, but we're not going to mandate them since they're oh, sitting on no. their butt at home watching television. You might we're not going to mandate them to get on a socialized uh, Medicaid program. We're going to buy them Blue Cross and Blue Shield mm-hmm. health insurance, and we're going to take $8 billion from Washington, which is free money, and, yeah. and then we're going to take away we're going to take away their incentive to work. Don't get a job. Because if you get a job, you may have to pay for your own health insurance. Just stay and sit on your butt. Stay home and eat potato chips. Yeah. Let those stupid suckers that get out there and work in the mud and work in the heat, let them pay for your insurance. And that's the logic of the left. That's it. Is it the left? Yeah. Well, the left. Just the left? The left. That seems like the re- logic of the government somebody's pulling your string rd yeah you <laughs> no, got that right no i'm with you i mean somebody's I'm totally been pulling my strings for a long time really it's about to break over there for the guys it's about to break <laughs> no i'm with you and I, you know this is i mean i'm downright mad about it and they want to keep up well they're, they're going to keep up they're going to make some people so you, really well, you go into that mandated system and everybody else will keep their blue cross and blue well, shield health insurance but, while we pay for but, it but there you go it, i don't it, want it it helps it helps you to vote socialist when you get old uh, no <laughs> it doesn't work that way at my well, house <laughs> well but the thing is the, the, it's, a, it's a strong influence though because when you when you get people on the doles and guess what oh, they, they get comfortable they have a tendency to get comfortable with it and, and not want to give it up my husband had i a can't phrase. wait till you're paying my social security buddy hey i'll cut, I'll cut you <laughs> off build, me, build me a build me another bedroom in your in your house i, I tell everybody it's three workers for every retiree uh, soon to be two that means i'm going to I don't know. Do I need to get Just in a diaper, in. Elizabeth? So that, move them in. You know, yeah. hey. suck on my thumb and say, hey. I'm your newest little kid. You know, my hey. husband says, land of the free, home of the oblivious. Yeah. 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 This is a place where that right applies. Now, so you're doing really good on that, Dave. Just wait till you start <laughs> hey, wearing The day pens. you go on, Atlas is going to shrug the day you go yeah, on. We're right. all going to burn it's our businesses. Crash. We're going to burn our businesses down and say, forget It'll it. All crash. Yeah, we'll send everybody at the... Key, if they the don't do something, and door. I think they have this kind of thought process, we're going to keep doing this until it crashes on its own, and then we'll figure out what else that we got to do now. Let me tell you, There's no if you're doubt. on the left, and I was there at one time years ago, that's exactly, they don't, they're they not aiming at crash. a certain thing. All they want to do is tear down what we have so that they can then institute their flavor of what well, they, they, law. well just yeah think, we, we've got we've got and a, they've been doing this for years this mm-hmm. was in the 70s oh, yeah. look what kind of population we have to build this thing back with if it does crash yeah we're in I, trouble it's, in, it's insane we, we've got a population right now that, that can't decide if they want to eat tide pods or suck condoms up their nose and and, and <laughs> where, where are we going like, well and not only that but we're fighting off yeah. tyranny from the government yeah. on a daily basis and most yeah. people don't even realize that we're in the culture war right, that we're right. in we, yeah, yeah we, we have a crazy society right now we can't even hire people that need that need work because they're hungry you, you you've got a large business that can't say come in and sweep my floors and i'll pay you five bucks and you can go out, get something to eat because it would be illegal to do that yeah. all right you gotta take a break R.D., let's talk about Sonny's Auto Salvage.
You bet. You say you found a uh, a 2010 Acadia. Yeah, I got one hey. in. Yeah, I All sure right. do. So we'll you, get started, ready to fix you started you up. Pick it. You started taking it apart. Cha-ching. No, no, we got one coming in. It's not there yet. Okay, so whenever yeah. it comes in, just, just so everybody you. knows, I this is going to be my new transmission. Yeah. So we're going to have to. Well, I'm going to do it because, I mean, buying a brand new transmission, you would not believe how expensive that is. Big, big, big time. So this is where, what have I always said? I'll go green when it saves me green. And I'm going green. Okay, this is a recycle. great way to recycle. Shoot, we are recycling. At Sunny's Auto Salvage, we take a byproduct of of society, and uh, we we dismantle it profitably and offer parts that are not worn out that are original OEM parts. And we give you a three-year warranty on it, unlimited mileage. So unlimited you can, mileage. So if it goes out, you know, you can get another one for up to three years. It covers a part, and we even offer a labor warranty. It's additional for a labor warranty, but you can get parts and labor covered. So I love that. It. Can't beat it. So and how we do, save money. And how do I do it, Artie? Do I get parts and labor? Do yes, I? I do. I yes, get part sure do. Yeah, right. he gets full coverage. I get the full, coverage. The full I'll coverage. pay the package. Look, I'll pay, pay for it. I'll pay the price if it is a package that makes sense to me. And it's still cheaper yeah. than going out and getting rebuilt. That's exactly yeah, right. Can say it it is. We are not subsidized by the, the federal <laughs> government. I do not get any checks, free checks from Washington. We do it the old-fashioned way. It's capitalism. Yes. We buy yes. it on a free market. We hire 15 people that works hard at Sunny's Auto Salvage. They all have health insurance, and they all work hard every day, and we are able to offer a product that saves people in society money so they don't have to make car payments. That's how it all works at Sunny's Auto Salvage. Your number one choice for recycled auto parts, call RD, 982-7451. That's 982-7451. Is, uh, we want to answer some questions that people have been sending us during the broadcast because we do Facebook Live every day. If you go to facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick show, you can watch us and uh, we'll keep up with uh, what people are asking. They've been asking about satellite radio. I'll explain what you should do, except don't do satellite radio. No, no serious XM coming. Not necessarily. We're not going to be doing serious XM, at least for the foreseeable future. That's right. right. <laughs> we'll talk about it when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick show. All right. We continue the Dave Ellswick show. Uh, a little later on this uh, hour, I want to talk about this new movie, Champaquiddick, that's coming out. And I talked about this a little bit yesterday about it's it's leaking out now. I don't know why it's taking so long. I was talking to, you, you know who Betty Thomas is, right? The oh, yeah. old AP. The, uh, AP reporter. UPI Retired, at one time. Gone. Yeah, has passed away. Yeah. Uh, I had lunch with her many a time, uh, and we were talking about the Kennedys. And I saw somebody say the other day that Camelot sounded more like Caliglia. And, <laughs> you know, the, to be honest with you, it, it was. I mean, Betty told me that when Kennedy went into the White House, that the, uh, the press corps knew about the orgies and stuff that were going on at the, the swimming pool in the White House and mm-hmm. things of that nature, but did not report on it. They knew all about that. And then, uh, and now that chap quick is coming out, you know, the, the truth about that whole episode in the Kennedy history has been, you know, smoke, uh, smoke clouds and mirrors and all kinds of stuff. When you see the facts, 
and they start saying, uh, don't pay any attention to that. Uh, look over here, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. And it is the only thing that kept Ted Kennedy out of the White House. I can guarantee you we'd had a, a second. We would have had a, a slew of Kennedys uh, in the White House, except for an assassination. That was Bobby. And uh, the ignorance of Ted, which was driving off of a bridge and leaving Mary Jo Kopechny in the car to drown he, hours later. But he still became the lion of the Senate. Oh, yeah. He was still the the up, the up man who upheld all the liberal, you know, BS that was coming out of that side of the uh, the parties. But anyway, I mean, my favorite... My favorite story about Ted Kennedy is late in his career. I think he only had a few years left and they had a Halloween party and he was walking around in a Barney's costume calling himself the Tyrannosaurus sex. Yeah. Real proud of himself. Yeah. Real proud of himself. Drunk Mm -hmm. on his, I would say he was drunk on his butt, but he wasn't, he was walking around, but he was known to tip a lot. Hmm. Uh, you know, he was a, he was a heavy drinker. High roller. All right. So anyway, uh, I want to go back here. We're going to talk about Chappaquiddick in a minute. I've got an interview I did at CPAC with the producer of the movie. We just so happened to run into him in the hallway and, uh, start talking to him. He told me who he was and man, I pulled out the microphone and we talked to him about seven minute interview. You'll want to hear it. It's pretty interesting. Uh, he says some things in his interview that the director and some of the actors are saying differently. And I'll point them out to you when we, when we get to that. But uh, the thing I wanted to talk about is Elizabeth has been watching the posts that people have been making with our, our live uh, uh, feed today on Facebook live. And a lot of people have said, okay, so now you're on Facebook and you're on the radio and you're on Twitter and you're on, uh, Instagram. And when are you going to be on serious, uh, you know, satellite and, and, uh, and others, we will not be on those. All right. That's not going to happen, but here's what I will tell you. And I'm going to make, I'm going to make a video of this and we're going to put it on Facebook and, and we'll re send it out from time to time because I know that, you know, you're driving around the town you might lose us if you get outside our signal or whatever. Well, here's how you get around all of that. Uh, if you have a smartphone, I got mine in my hand right now. I've got a Note 5, just so you'll know. You who are watching this, yeah, I'm, I'm holding it up for you right now so you can see my Note 5. On, if you're taking, you're looking at the, at the phone with the, the big screen thing at the top and the home button at the bottom. If you look to the left, you'll see something that has a set of headphones on it. That's your headphone jack. All right, so you can put your your plugs in. Well, you open that up. You get in your car. You open that up and stop at the store and get yourself what's called an auxiliary cable or an aux cable. And it's got two male plugs on the end of it. I won't get into why they call it male plugs, all right? They got male plugs on it. You might have to explain that to some of these people. Yeah, There's not 72 choices. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's no A's, O's, or N's. Yeah, there's no Z's or N's. You stick the male, one of the ends of the male plug into your headphone jack, and then on your 
your car radio. And if you get a car, you know, um, RD, when they start doing the auxiliaries, was it about 2008? Yeah, that's around. I say ours is, yeah. I think, an 09, yeah. and it's got it. Yeah, an mine's a 10. It's got it. it. You got a little a place to put a jack into. Stick. And it says a UX on yeah, it. Yeah, put the other thing, put your other end of this cord in there and activate the aux. All right, mine is for the aux, and if you don't use the aux, you get CDs. All or right. AM, FM. Yeah, so you hit CDs. that, hit that, and it will, and then you, you, you're going to hit the um, uh, app that we offer you for the answer, and you'll bring up the radio station on your radio by using your smartphone and that's live broadcast yeah that's that's you know i just got about a about a 10 second 12 second delay is what it has so uh you're going to be able to listen to the show in almost in real time and uh you can be in california listening to it you can be in vermont listening to it and it'll be clean as a bell so that's the way you get around if you hit a, an area that has what we would call in the biz a null. That's N U L L. That's a dead spot. Signal. That's a dead spot. And it can happen for a multitude of reasons. Typically, it has something to do with topography, a hill or something like that. That's, uh, you know, messing up with the signal. A lot of times you pull up to a stoplight and you got, all those, you got all those power, power lines, lines around you. They, they wipe the signal out. This way, it doesn't wipe the signal out. Well, and here's the next thing that's during the live broadcast, but you yeah. can do the exact same procedure right. anytime. Listen now. Here you go. You can go to Facebook with your phone, pull up one of the videos. You can listen to that while you drive anytime. You can go to SoundCloud, look us up, bring up that any hour you want to listen to at any time. That's what we call the podcast. Yeah, podcast. So you can use this method and listen to it during the broadcast, but you can also do it any other time you're in your car and you want to listen to Dave Ellswick. So, like, this is the best time to be a radio fan. It really, really yeah, is. Yeah, there's, like, tons of ways to listen. I mean, used to be you could drive, you would outdrive the range of the station, and you were done. Out of luck. Now, you plug your phone in, and you never drive outside the range of the station. Or like I was this morning. I had one end of the phone plugged into the power part because I was almost out of power. And yeah. The other end was plugged into the aux. I had all these wires all over the place. Well, when we went to lunch, you saw I had the aux yeah. cable in the middle, and I had my... Yeah. My recharger right there in the middle. I'm going to have to update the radio in my 03 Ford truck. I'm there you have go, to update brother. the radio in it. <laughs> yeah. Put it in an aux. That's yeah. why you can listen. I get them in all the time. I was like, I don't have to buy one. <laughs> okay, now, if a lot of <laughs> hey, that was, was really difficult for you to follow, and I know for some people it might be, now, you're not a Luddite. You, you'll use technology. You've never done it before. All right. I'm going to make, and we'll get this done before the weekend. I will make a video going through all of the steps I just told you, and uh, I'll do something else in it to make it a little bit more entertaining to watch. Uh, maybe I'll dress up in a in a dress or something when I start talking about two. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Two start talking about two uh, two two male plugs. Uh, I'll come I think up. He maybe called I me a bad up. name. I don't know what. I think you called no, me the a bottom line. Yeah, <laughs> a yeah, but we'll get to be. We'll take care of making sure that uh, you understand how to be able to do this, do this. And then I want you to share it with all your friends and let's get everybody into the 21st century and get everybody yeah, listening. Let's use this technology we got. Yeah. And everybody can, you can listen in and you can, you can thank me. Cause I'm just telling you, like I hated it when I was driving around when I was younger and I used to listen 
you know, the, the baseball game. And I listened on WGN in Chicago, 50,000 watt AM giant. But uh, I get about 100 miles away from the city, you know, and you listen until you can hear it anymore. You know, and I'm just listening to Lou, Lou Boudreaux and, and Pettit, you know. And there was no way to listen to it later and either. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't listen to it later. <laughs> it I wasn't could, recorded. I, couldn't, I didn't have a phone I could hook up to. Bottom line is this Wonderful. is great technology that, uh, and you need and you need to utilize it. Just makes sense. You don't have to listen just on your radio. We've got it set up. So you can, you don't have to ever miss the show. Why would you want to miss RD? I just ask you. Except Why? you hurt his feelings. Well, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I called <laughs> you a Luda. Yeah, I, I did. call you. That's a person. That's those a were, those were people who hated technology. Oh, is that right? Yes. This is what my husband calls uh, me at home. Is that right? <laughs> I'm a Luddite. Yep. Yeah. You know, you don't uh, you don't want to be that. But I uh, yeah, that that's, every day. It, it, oh, it, oh, we I, we've got this set up so you can listen. I mean, seriously, anytime, anywhere. You know, any place, that's, I like it that way. Elizabeth, I've been married for 31 years. I don't have feelings anymore. <laughs> oh, now. <laughs> okay, I like that. I've They're met gone. your wife. You stop Yeah, that. your wife you is a that. nice lady. <laughs> All right. Get a break in. We come back. We'll talk a little bit about Chappaquiddick. Let me show of hands here in the studio. How many of you even know what the name is? Chappaquiddick means. Paul, do you know what Chappaquiddick I don't know what it means. I've heard it before, no but that's about the extent of it, I think. R.D., do you know what well, Chappaquiddick means? Well, that's a location of, the, of the, the bridge. I think that's the town that the bridge was on that he ran off of. Okay. You know, I'm pretty sure it's not a brand of chewing gum or something. No, like it's not that. And <laughs> and then I like kind of the way that Elizabeth has approached this by saying, I was alive, but I'm too, it was, I was too young to remember. I was pretty young. Yeah, she was in diapers. Well, you were 15, right? I'm no, just I was, kidding. I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We'll be back. We'll talk about it. For you who remember it, for you who don't, new movie that's coming out that's going to uh, look like do a pretty good job of, uh, you know, you know, kind of giving a 411 to everybody about what the Kennedys were seriously all about. You think the Clintons were bad? You ain't seen nothing. And see, all those millennials don't have a clue. They don't know. They don't Go to the movie. Clue. Hey. That we'll may depend about. on how many layers of the onion you want to peel off. Oh man, it's ugly on both sides. I'm just telling you, you know, there's not a, on this. It's not really another side. This is all on the Kennedys. And weren't they saying just a day or so ago on the news that the producer or somebody was saying that yeah, they got some pretty serious political pushback? Was it the director? Yeah, yeah, because the Kennedy name. Because they're telling both sides. Yeah, the Kennedy name truly that? still carries a lot of weight. Think about the democratic uh, response to the president's state of the union it was delivered by a what a kennedy a kennedy that's exactly a right very front of a, inexperienced, a very yeah. inexperienced one yeah well yeah but that's all right that's how they groom them yeah that's so here's right. another rabbit hole the kennedys still have that kind of power but the clintons not so much with not the anymore. democrats anymore but no. here the i hadn't thought about it the kennedy's still still strong after 50 60 years yeah Kennedy name Joseph yeah, laid a because there's firm a lot more Kennedys than Clintons too. Yeah, but he laid a Clintons, firm foundation. He sure did. Clintons didn't have any kids that would transfer their that would pass on their name. Not All yet. Right. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back. We got more for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. We've we've got the producer of Chappaquiddick. We ran into him in CPAC. Here's our interview with him. I've been, I I saw that this movie was coming out about Chappaquiddick. Can't wait to see it. 
Never thought in my lifetime anybody would have the cojones to make a movie about this. The Kennedys are still deified by the Democratic Party. I mean, who gave the, the answer to Democrats after the president stated the union speech? The next one they've lined up to get to the White House. So mm-hmm. i got to ask you this question. Did you never cross your mind that maybe you don't want to cross the Kennedys? You know, it was when we read the script, you know, uh, a friend of mine who's a manager, he said, listen, I've got this really great script that my clients have written. He goes, but I have no idea how the town's going to respond to it. So we read it. We loved it just as a, as a, almost as a thriller. And, you know, what we found out is uh, that talent did respond to it. I mean, we've got a terrific cast and, you know, an American director. And, you know, I would say everyone is uh, on the left, you know, uh, probably politi- politically. So I don't think they looked at it as like a right or left. I think it felt uh, like a very fair portrayal of the events that happen. And uh, I don't obviously think it's a flattering at all for the Kennedys, but, you know, I think someone, you know, needed to tell the story. And I, and I also think in this time is less about political, you know, leanings as it is about abuse of power, you know, and this was certainly a case of that. Well, there is no way you can tell that story without not knowing that this was an ugly dog of a story for the Kennedys. I mean, Teddy Kennedy let Mary Jo Kopechny drown in that car and then ran away got underneath this bed, cried like a baby, and didn't even report it for, for hours. And what? The, and he still ran for president, and people loved him. Yeah, yeah. he, he didn't report it for 10 hours. He claimed he had a concussion yeah, when uh-huh. he kind of came to his senses that he, the first thing he did was... No, there were, there were several calls to, the, to Hyannisport and to the compound about really how to respond to this. And, uh, you know, we had an interesting... Uh, one-hour discussion with the scuba diver that found him, found her. Uh-huh. And what he contends is that the way he found her, that she was definitely uh, didn't drown. She died of asphyxiation. And, you know, he didn't know if she was alive for five minutes or maybe up to a couple hours. But uh, he did feel that, that, you know, that she could have, you know, been saved potentially had they gotten there right away. But that didn't happen, and, you know, the rest is history. And of course, he was under the influence. Very much so. And, you know, really in the movie, we didn't, we didn't play up all these kind of... Uh, salacious things like an affair or, or too much drinking we certainly show him drinking but it's not really uh how we kind of went about the movie so i think you know people on the left will also look at it as a very fair portrayal portrayal of the events and i think that uh, both sides will come away satisfied okay so when you sat down with the actor for instance that's doing uh, the part of ted kennedy mm-hmm. i mean you have to flesh that out with the actor about what kind of portrayal you want the actor to show of Ted Kennedy. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would say that's more the director's call as far as that, but were you guys privy to any of that discussion? Yeah, very much so. The, I mean, the, the blueprint is the script, and, and I think what, what, why talent responded to it uh, was because of the script and how good it was and the fact that it's kind of a moral, you know, kind of back and forth that he does. You know, he's there, he makes right choices and he makes wrong choices, and I think that character study is what makes it interesting for an actor. And so I think they, you know, the, the, the talent that we got uh, just loved the script and brought their, um, you know, their own nuances to, to the part. But, yeah, he would go back and forth. Uh, Joe Gargan was played by Ed Helms is really the moral compass of the film, you know, of yeah. always saying you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And Kennedy sometimes followed it and sometimes he didn't. But he ultimately, 
you know, decided to do a speech to the nation and, you know, really was masterful because he almost portrayed himself as the victim. And uh, though it was vilified in the press, certainly the New York Times and, and other major publications. Uh, i got to stop the, you there. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. I no, mean, it, seriously, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, the New York Times is the one who really broke the story. And, um, and remember, it's the moon landing that was happening. So yeah. he was, you know, he was kind of a, a small part of the front page. And, uh, uh, you know, but, but the cons- after the speech, you know, the Massachusetts vote, voted overwhelmingly to bring him and to keep him in office because he basically ended it with saying that you have to tell me, you know, am I, should I step down or do you want me? I mean, it was, you know, we, we play nearly the whole speech. And Jason Clark did an amazing job. And, I mean, every nuance was, was from the real speech and when he took a breath and his cadence and everything. So I, got six, really I got 60 seconds. Jason Clark mm-hmm. is really coming on in movies now. Yeah. I mean, he, he did a lot of television and, and Netflix stuff. But now Big Screen has called him and is responding. Yeah, very good actor. Australian and, you know. He, That's even amazing, too. I know. And you got to hear the accent. He, he looks like him. He kind of sounds like him. Uh, it's really an amazing portrayal, and I think something that's going to be Oscar worthy. Um, so we're excited to get uh, to get this movie out on April sixth and uh, let people judge for themselves. I think it's a history lesson. I think it's a testament of a you know abuse of power and and probably things that wouldn't happen today and and um, survival and protecting the family name. And, you know, we screened the movie for the Kopechny family. How did and, they take and it? it? responded very well. Good. It was tough to watch, but they, they very much supported and felt like now her voice has finally been heard and maybe some justice. I'm out of time with you. I'm being told from, this, from the wings. Wrap it up, Dave. Mark, Thanks thank you much. very much. Thanks okay. for making the movie. All right. Mark Giardi was the producer of uh, Chappaquiddick. It happened July 18th. 1969. And he kind of gave you you a little feel when he said the moon landing was going Mm -hmm. on. And uh, that, to be honest, it probably saved Teddy's bacon because uh, the news was more uh, looking to the moon than they were at Chappaquiddick. Well, and remember, we did not have... Got to take a break. Back with more. Oh, wait. We still got 30 seconds. We went back. We didn't have social media back then, so you couldn't spread the word like we can now. That has changed politics, the world. It's changed everything. Okay, so we've had a couple more uh, emails to us on Facebook or instant messages. Guys, use your smartphone to listen. Go find our app for the answer and listen to us there. You know, I really didn't want to get angry until I, I went and I looked it up. And I started reading about it again. And just the anger just sticks in my throat. I mean, I was 16 when this happened. Well, I, the, I got I got angry about it then. Some of the stuff you were just reading there suggesting that she was probably alive in that car for over an hour. Yeah, Farrar oh, yeah, was, Paul. Farrar, oh, yeah. Farrar was the captain oh, of yeah. the Edgar Town Fire Rescue Unit, the diver who recovered Kopechny's body. He alleged that Kopechny died from suffocation rather than from drowning or from the impact of the overturned vehicle. His hypothesis was based upon the posture in which the body was found and the body's relative position to the area of an ultimate air pocket in the overturned vehicle. 
Farrar also asserted that Compechny would have probably survived if a more timely rescue attempt had been conducted. Farrar located Kopechny's body in the well of the back seat of the overturned submerged car. Rigor mortis was apparent. Her hands were clasping the back seat and her face was turned upward. Hmm. And uh, I, I, can, I can read this. According to his own testimony, Kennedy accidentally drove his car off the one-lane bridge later into a tidal channel. He was drunk. They know that he was drunk. He'd been drinking. Drunk, crashed his car. Yeah. He swam free, left the scene, and did not report the accident to the police for 10 hours. Meanwhile, Kopechny died inside the fully submerged car. The next day, the car with Kopechny's body inside was recovered by a, a diver. Kennedy pleaded guilty to a charge of leaving the scene of a crash causing personal injury and later received a two-month suspended sentence. jail sentence. Paul, Never, let's cut to the chase. He didn't report because he knew, I'm a political figure, very prominent, I'm drunk, I crashed my car, I'm just not going to say anything. He killed her. Yeah, he let he her die. He killed her. Wow. And, 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 and everybody knew it. And on top of that, that, that kept... Once uh, they found the body. Kept Kennedy from running in uh, 72 and 76. For president, he did run later and didn't win the Democratic uh, nomination to be their uh, standard bearer. But his brother. Yeah, but Bobby, you know, Bobby had already been (laughs) killed, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he had been killed. 69, yes, that was 68. And then you you have, uh, you know, John had been killed, of course, 63. That was the 63 we were thinking about. And then in World War II, Joe, their brother, had been killed in combat. Um, yeah, John's sister was killed in a plane crash in the in the yeah, early I mean, 60s it's, it's, also, in early 60s also. But it, it's just interesting as you listen to this story, though, about he who rule, he who has the gold makes the rules. Makes the rules. The golden rule. And it, it really... Still it, the case today. It, it, really, it really did. It was a very uh, bad time, uh, I think, for the country. It, it just made me mad is all get out. I still get mad. It makes me so mad that because you have that last name, you can literally walk away from killing somebody. When the police mm-hmm. came to arrest him, he didn't just turn himself in. Do you remember this? He was hiding under his yep. bed. He was mm-hmm. hiding, hiding under his bed. Wow. And I was just remembering as soon as you said that I had forgotten that particular, I'm just remembering what they just recently, not that long ago said about the president. Mm-hmm. Oh, he could go out in the streets and kill somebody and nobody would care. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this is chilling. Anyway, I'm uh, I'm reading the book that came out years ago uh, called Chappaquiddick. It's been retitled now. Regnery has put out a, a paperback on it. If you have uh, the time, you want to read a very bad, sordid piece of history uh, of America. That's a book to read. It, it really is. In fact, after I finish it, I'll give it away on the air. I know there's people out there who want to read it. It's it the injustices that happened during all of that and during the inquest and all the things that went on was just it's it's unbelievable it really is but it's because they were the Kennedys and if you if you didn't grow up with the Kennedys like a lot of us have I'm just telling you you don't realize how strong that name is especially in Massachusetts still 
Martha's Vineyard and all that area. Big, big, yeah. big name. Probably well, we don't have dynasties in, in, in our. Oh no, probably not that strong in Arkansas. Yeah, well, still is amongst Democrats. Oh, is that right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But it's funny because it's taken this long. I mean, look, President Kennedy was killed in '63. We're in 2018. What is it? Fifty something years later. Yeah, I think Ted's been dead nine years. I think he died. Yeah. He died in '09. Okay, so you got you got this whole deal with. You know, John Kennedy, and it's been just until recently whispered at times before then, but now has come out into the open of Camelot wasn't such a pretty place after all. (laughs) Everybody, because that's what they called it, guys. They called that Camelot when Kennedy was there. I mean, you hear you had this young president, World War II hero, PT-109, all of that. And uh, taking uh, the country in a new direction and and whatnot. And all these young guys coming out of the East Coast schools and all of that to serve on his administration. And, you know, the world was our pearl, you know, in in America. Oblivious. And uh, and they were oblivious to all of that. Do you remember David Fry's album about the the White House? And he he did all of the... the Kennedy voices and everything. Oh, I remember what the cover looked like. Yeah, <laughs> where they were out on, Yeah, I was out there on the, the picture of the White House. And you make me think of things that I haven't thought about. In think about so that. Many years I mean, it was just huge since I was in the baby's womb because it was yeah. so big culturally at that yeah. time. And uh, it's just coming out. This the, the Netflix show, The Queen. Have you guys watched any of that? They yeah, say that's Queen really Elizabeth. good. It's a yeah. great show. That's a lot about the song. Talking about songs relating to that and music. Uh, that's American Pies by yeah. Don, by Don McLean. Yeah, a lot of that's referring into what was going on at that time. Sure, and then you got this whole thing with uh, Vietnam with and, Kennedy is yeah. is, is that uh, they uh, is is they talking on the Queen? They talk about the president's drug addiction because <laughs> he took a lot of drugs because of his back problems mm-hmm. from World War Two. And they and, all and they, they, knew it. They covered all of that up. I'm just telling you. Wow. But now it's fine. Here it is, sixty, you know, fifty something years later, half a century. I mean, it was just recently we got the rest of, what, what, uh, what, of these uh, uh, hidden files about what, the Kennedy assassination. What would have happened if there wasn't an FCC to keep the media down and keep yeah, them under there control? There wasn't the FCC. <laughs> was there not an FCC at that no, time? Well, yeah, there was an FCC, but Betty Thomas and the and the press corps. It was no government uh, group telling them they couldn't talk about the president. They took it upon themselves not to well, talk about you know, the infidelities of the president. You, you know, I always ask the question, you know, we've got your judge over there in Conway that got dis, disbarred for taking a $50,000 crime. But, you know, the people that transferred the money to his account and the people that gave him the bribe, you know, I, I always wonder about that. Is it going to be 50 years before all the truth comes out for all the things Could that be. are going on in Could Arkansas be. right now? I, I don't know. I, and that's an interesting case. And I, I think if he truly did accept a bribe for for that. And the Somebody bribe. bribed him. Somebody well, bribed him. That's I, the point. It I works think, both directions, I, doesn't yeah, it? <laughs> I think prison is too light. I think the death penalty is appropriate for a judge who accepts a bribe. But on the other hand... I, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that you actually have to prosecute the person who pays the bribe because sometimes, you know, and I, and I use the example, of sometimes you have uh, missionaries that go through border checkpoints and, and and they can pay a bribe or they can get in, 
and it can get abused terribly. And so if you can pay a twenty dollar bribe to keep your wife from getting raped, that's a pretty good deal. It's yeah, better but, to kill the guy. Yeah, but, but a lot of times that's not an option. Yeah, but when it comes down to mistreating people or or people not getting the medical care that they need, oh. and the, oh, and, then, and and then. Uh, having a bribe for that reason is a little bit well, that's a little bit different situation. Well, and, and, that's, and that's, a, that's a serious problem too. And I think maybe the better solution to a lot of these nursing home problems is is not so much the lawsuit angle. I think they need to prosecute. When yeah. we've got we've got nursing home owners that are actually that's why causing crime, causing, negligent, causing serious problems and hurting people in a serious ways. Why aren't they being actually criminally prosecuted? Why aren't right. they being arrested? There's plenty of corruption going on in Arkansas right now. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to Washington <laughs> no, D.C. Oh, we posted some links it, it, about is, that is yesterday. What we're saying. I'm getting some texts and says when is the when's the truth going to come out on what all's happening in Arkansas right now? We posted right Little Rock now. Burns yesterday, and, yeah, and, uh, right. because you, there's. When you got judges being bribed and people getting knocked million dollars off of their, we have, and then you got the GIF money and all have, the things that's going on with the GIF money, all of that stuff is stopping at a very low point. It's have, not rising above the, the ankle level. It, it's, have, it's about neck deep and it's stopping at we the have, ankles. We have we do have serious corruption going on, our, on, on in Arkansas. Yet it's illegal to cut hair without uh, without a license. There We're you crying go. out loud. What was what are, what are our priorities? Hey, we need more regulations and more rules and more state employees, we, we so stop we the can corruption, huh? we can lower <laughs> we can lower the unemployment rate. Yeah, to higher government. I'll just say again, government buying for the people, and it really ultimately it really does ultimately rest with we the people, the listeners out there, the voters. And it's apathy. That's why they're doing a lot of what they're we doing. We have stupid government because that's what we want in so many cases. Here's the key, Elizabeth. Here we are sitting and talking about Chappaquiddick again and what was going on and about John Kennedy and how the press covered up for him and all that. The fourth estate. Mm. All right. You remember we were taught that when we were college and things about journalism and think about that. They were already slanting the news the way they wanted to do it. Well, that's what I wanted to mention to Paul. That was back when we didn't know and we thought that what we heard through the media and what we heard publicly <coughs> was Walter actually Cronkite accurate. would never lie to us. And, and in his own memoirs, he said he lied to All us. All the way through. All the way the only, through. Wow. You know, the, the only two that I believed. It's not news, folks. I'm going to tell you, the only two that I believed were Huntley and Brinkley. I'm and, not sure if and, I believe and you even either. At, and even at the end, David Brinkley was the one guy I honestly believed was trying to tell the truth. You know? Remember I was saying earlier, this is where we've landed now. Nobody trusts anything. Well, you're right. You question everything in your mind. You wonder, was our, you know, is that accurate? Can I believe this? Can I believe that? The disinformation and the fake news has caused that to occur. Okay, big story breaking right now out of San Bruno, California. Police in Northern California are responding to reports of a shooting at YouTube headquarters in the city of San Bruno. Uh-oh. City manager Connie Jackson says there have been multiple 911 calls reporting a shooting and that police and fire officials have responded. TV helicopter video shows officers patting down people grouped outside a building mm. and police vehicles surrounding the area. The San Bruno police said they could not provide more information. The world's biggest online video website is located on a suburban campus. Calls and emails to YouTube representatives were not immediately returned this afternoon. This breaking so, news says that uh, as of two minutes ago, ABC7 in that area is reporting that it is a 
adult white female wearing a dark top and a headscarf that is that's a first it's a woman that's interesting now that's what they're reporting we get immediate reporting that many times is not accurate let's remember that um remember all the stuff we got out of parkland that all turned out to be incorrect Mm -hmm. however that is what they're reporting at the moment um it is active at this moment employees are barricaded in their offices you know, uh, Russ, do we have anything on on Fox on that at, at this time? They're not doing anything yet. I'm sure they'll be breaking in. They've got uh, Fox Television has just made their way uh, to their programming. So we'll see the typical shots of people in single file with their hands behind locked fingers, locked behind their heads and stuff. All right, we got to get a break in. Let's do that. But uh, a shooting out at YouTube. In California, breaking news story happening right now. You heard it first right here on uh, 101.1 FM, The Answer. I, I just, and everybody knows what I'm talking about here. On my Facebook site, you go to my personal site, you can't get on anymore. I've got as many, got friends, as, many friends as you can have. All right. <laughs> but on my my Facebook site, that's for my show. Dave Ellswick's show. Uh, is, you know, uh, I forget what they call it, some kind of site that you can have unlimited amount of people. And so I, anybody who asked to be a part of it, I let them in. I'm not worried about it. I just let them in. Well, some of them, uh, I start getting texts from them or instant messages saying, hello, Dave. Uh, Hello. (laughs) You know, (laughs) how are you today? (laughs) I'm fine. How are you? And it progresses from there, and you can probably figure out where it leads to. Come here often. Yeah, I'm looking. Hey, hey sailor. You know, that kind of that's, stuff. That's a whole new department of the immigration <laughs> yeah, system right there, that immigration guess, system. That's, anyway. a, that's actually a legal part of the immigration system. I've had system. a lot of people. You heard of catfishing. Yeah. All right. I've, that's all I'm yeah. going to say. I've done, done that and kept them on, online for a half hour, 45 minutes just asking questions and things of that nature, you know, because you know, they have no idea. They've not looked at your site or anything because they go, where are you from? Yeah. You go to Dave Ellswick show, you know, it's a, it's, it's <laughs> happening in Arkansas, man. You know, you see people. Oh, like they have heard it's not out there. Where's yeah. Arkansas? Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Let me. Where's my Where's my atlas? <laughs> yeah, really. It's not about that. Is there even an atlas? Do they still print atlases? Remember when you I used to go it. to Walmart and at the checkout they had an atlas? Yeah, I think sure. Was, with, and I used to buy those. You don't need them anymore. Rand McNally. Or I used something to have like that yeah, big guy in my anymore. car because you know, we I, like. Maps. I think you can still get them. I think my mom bought one the other day. What is it to beat off the uh, you know the car jackers <laughs> that are trying to break into your car? Whack, whack. <laughs> well, maybe it's something to catch you know? to set on fire if your car breaks down in the middle of the winter time to keep you warm. I guess. Yeah, you burn it in the. A bulletproof in, in, bullet catcher? I don't know. I'm just saying, I haven't seen them lately. I think the last one I got is 2007. Well, we have cell phones now that work for that. Yeah, well, yeah. I use, my, I use my maps all the time. Mm-hmm. That's the way I do. And, you know, I didn't know this until just recently. You remember when you were a member of the AAA, you'd get those triptychs? You remember those, already? They, you would You would send them the information, I'm going from here to here. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing it on this, this day, these days, and, uh, I'm going to these places and they would send back all of these, these folders 
little tiny folders that you could flip the pages and they gave you a route how to get to every place you were oh, going and right? all of that and you could read these things they were called trip uh ticks and uh they were really very nice to have when i was growing up you we can didn't do get that online of... now they do that exact same oh, thing they still, still online do they do yes it? huh you know, I grew up in Stone County, and we didn't get out of the county very often, so we didn't have to have trip ticks for Stone County, Arkansas. There you are. Uh, maybe if a low-water bridge was you running over You remember trip ticks, don't you? I never did AAA. Huh. All right, so somebody save me here. If you use a trip tick before, 823 Weren't those like the – they were the – the bomb. I, I looked for them after Dave, I got home, but what? I couldn't use them because I wasn't old enough to drive. Because <laughs> you could make you feel any better. Can you hey. read now? Oh. Of course I can oh. read better than you can. Oh. Boom! Hey, I looked for them after I got home. Yeah, trip ticks. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's someone making a comment on our breaking news uh-huh. from your website, from your uh, sorry, from your Facebook page. Yeah, talking about the breaking news of the YouTube. Yeah, this person says not possible. YouTube is a gun-free zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably is. I'm sure that is. It's not possible. Nobody has a gun there. Not possible. They don't so have I think it's there. illegal. They're, yeah, yeah they it's shouldn't illegal. Be doing that shouldn't only be criminals can have guns on right. YouTube. Well, they just got they got a live one and an active one at YouTube right now. Uh, there reports that they have seen people being taken away by ambulance. So I don't bad. know how many people have been shot. Uh, I hope everybody's yeah, all right. I'm, we're hoping that nobody's send a been prayer. killed. Send a prayer. Yeah. We need it. Oh, and send a prayer for the first responders while you're at it. Oh, please. yeah. Yeah, they're put, they put themselves. Because they're in a really dangerous position right yes, now. Yes, they are. They don't know what they're going to run into where they're at at this moment. So You know, there's been a lot do. of talk among those first responders about how how can we get into a situation like this and go help the people who are bleeding out before you can clear the room and make it safe that's the thing the first responders are trying to do their job you got how can we do it and still be safe yeah and save people's lives all right you're in a spot four o'clock we've got a gentleman coming on with us uh from uh the gop he was the former california head of the uh, california gop party and he's going to talk to us about this caravan uh, that is coming up from Mexico, and we'll find out. Tom uh, Del Beccaro, I think is his name, uh, will be joining us. He's been on the show before. He'll bring us up to date what's going on there. If things uh, get clear uh, at what's happening out there in California, uh, we will go live and, and, and give you some updates uh, about the California shooting at YouTube. Uh, we got to get a break here in just a moment. Fox News is coming up. And, uh, Elizabeth, are you on your way out? I am on my way. Thank you. You are leaving. Okay. So, uh, Elizabeth will be back with us next Tuesday, RD. And of course, uh, Paul are going to be staying here next week. Uh, RD will not be here. You're going to be out hobnobbing, aren't you? Yep. I'll be doing hill days in DC with the auto recyclers. In DC. Try to drill some holes in the swamp to drain it a little bit. Yeah. I'm just going to try to come back with all my arms and legs. Come back alive. Come back alive. And your wallet. Yeah. My wallet. Come back alive. My wallet's already there. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Got a break. We'll be back. Fox is next. And Elizabeth, thank you for coming. We'll see you next week. Thank you for having me. uh, It's the uh, power panel. They're still here. We'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick show. We move into the four o'clock hour. 
this will be the final hour of the power panel. Uh, we're following that shooting out in California. If anything uh, new happens, we'll uh, we'll get to that and uh, take it up uh, here on the show. There's an active shooter at YouTube. Yeah, that YouTube uh, in California. Uh, we saw a couple of witnesses said there were several people uh, that had been shot. So we'll keep uh, keep track of what's going on. Also, since uh, we've been gone, a tornado watch has been issued for our area uh, right here in our our uh, our listing area. Faulkner, uh, Celine, Pulaski, and Lone Oak counties are all under a tornado watch. There is a large band of uh, some pretty doggone severe thunderstorms running from... Uh, Looks like from Texas, you know, further south, almost to Austin, Texas, all the way up uh, to near Chicago. A very pronounced line of thunderstorms uh, moving to the uh, the northeast. Uh, down around Shreveport right now, they're really getting hammered. But we're going to have some maybe some rocky uh, weather uh, from now until about 8 o'clock tonight. We'll just keep that keep that in mind. And if you hear the tornado sirens, seek shelter. Don't don't mess around with it. Don't don't get your phone out. You know, click over to your camera, turn it on video, and start looking for the tornado because you want to get a you know video of it and post it. No 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 no. Seek shelter. All right. Earlier in the show, we spent about the first hour uh, today talking about this this caravan of illegals that are trying to make their way up from Honduras to the United States and, uh, Mexico and, and other countries along the way are not doing anything to dissuade them uh, from getting here. The president has warned Mexico, uh, you let them through and we might have to take care of NAFTA. Uh, he's told Honduras, you do this anymore and we'll cut off you know, foreign aid to you. He's also announced now that they're going to start putting our army or our military, it'd be more than just the army along the border to try to take care of this. And he is saying he is not going to let them into our country. Uh, Joining us today is Tom Del Becchio, I think, or Beccaro, Beccaro, pardon me. He is the uh, former chairman of the California Republican Party, and uh, we want to talk to uh, to Tom. We've had Tom on before. It's good to have him back. And, and Tom, you've had to deal with this a lot. You, I mean, you you are out in California. You've been there for years. You know what exactly is happening here? And can the president just stop these people on the border and say you can't come in? Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, it's interesting times. This is, by the way, the new manner in which the left engages in public policy. They they can't win the rational argument. So what they do, it's a, it's a stepped process. The first thing you do is you manufacture a crisis, whether it's related to guns or anything else, immigrants. And then when you manufacture that crisis, you make sure that there is a strong emotional component, right? 
often that involves children. And then the third thing you do is press politicians into making bad laws because you don't want to hurt the children. And they're doing this in spectacular fashion. These, these people coming up here, this, this was no minor enterprise where they just thought to themselves, we could do this any more than the March for Life where millions are given to, to support and organize the march that so many of the high school students were in which they were involved. So this is a manufactured crisis. They want this. Currently, these people are stalled in Mexico because it's unclear what's going to happen next because of what Trump has said. But clearly, the whole idea of the left was bring them to the border get a spectacular number of TV uh, stations down there and to force the administration to allow these people in. Now, keep in mind that those television cameras don't visit the crime on the border. They don't visit the rape on the border. They don't visit the drug dealers on the border, nor Hamas or the Syrians that have located across from the border. The gangs, none of that. That's not important to them. It is important to us. But right. this is the way politics is done today. And and can the Trump – yeah, I think he, he's serious about that. And not only is it right on policy, I, I don't think the majority of Americans believe that the answer to poverty and crime in other countries is just open borders in the United States. I don't believe they that Americans as a majority believe in that. I believe in – uh, probably 80% of the Democrats in Washington think that, and probably 20% of the country agrees with that. Yeah, Tom Del Baccaro, who is a former chairman of the Republican Party of California, is with us right now. And, and Tom, did you see the list of demands that these people put out? <laughs> well, I have a bunch of demands, too, but I don't, I don't <laughs> think they're going to be heard anytime soon. But that this is it. This is how it goes. This, that's what they want to do. They want. They put a list of demands, and, and that's what we're left to. Yeah. Let me just. I I just pulled it up. I got it right here. We demand of the Mexico and the United States that they respect our rights as refugees and our right to dignified work to be able to support our families. The second demand is quote that they open the borders to us because we are as much citizens as the people of the countries where we are and or travel. So now they're de facto citizens of the United States. And that is, <laughs> that is their game plan. This is what the Democrats honestly believe, that they no longer believe in the concept of citizenship. They believe in the concept of proximity, meaning where you are determines your rights, not whether you're a citizen. So you're in San Francisco, so they want you to be able to vote for in municipal elections, even if you can't vote in a federal election. And there are a number of cities uh, flirting with that kind of thing. So citizenship no longer matters. It's where you're located is the only thing that matters to them. And now, of course, if you go anywhere else in the world, that's absurd. If you go to Italy and demand citizenship for these kind of things, they say no. Uh, this, this is, by the way, the, the toothpaste out of the tube internationally 
when you set up like Europe did these these waves of immigrants and then agree to provide them with everything. I mean, <laughs> just think of the Boston bombers. Yeah, they were they were on welfare for extended <laughs> period of times. Welfare, by the way, our own veterans cannot get. And you create this international expectation that America is just a welfare state for you to come. Well, Tom, I, I just want you to know that we should have a bigger heart, I guess, because, uh, again, on this demand page, it says our dream is to build solidarity bridges among peoples and turn down border walls imposed by greed. Don't you love it? Yeah, it's, it's our fault. But, but let's be very clear about, about this. As a practical matter throughout, really throughout all of history, governments have allowed or pushed people out of their borders to siphon off their problems, quote, their problems. Sure. In part, the, the way that Greece in, the, uh, in uh, B.C., they populated the Mediterranean with what? Not necessarily just commercial people. Think of how Australia with and Tasmania was created, right? These prisons abroad. Yeah, they were a penal the colony. Is, yes. The fact is that, that Honduras is a very bad government, and it wants to get rid of, quote, its problems, which would be people it would otherwise have to take care of. And by allowing this process out, we take the pressure off, and then they become even worse dictatorships. So if we're going to have a heart, then we should not create this dynamic where dictators around the world know that all they need to do to shore up their problems is to get rid of people. We're, in fact, making things worse for the world by having an open border, not better. In our policy, this is Paul Calvert here, and our policy here is sucking these people across the border. We give them free free schools and other welfare um, pro- programs that, that suck them across, and we have the minimum wage that, that artificially, artificially increases wages. That, that we, we are sucking these people across, and, and we're stupid. We just need to stop the, the stupid policy that sucks them across and—, and Stop. I mean, what, what do we expect when, when we make it easy? Yeah, we, don't, we don't punish we, them for what coming we across. Do know, we do know now that that border crossings have decreased. But it's not because we've actually completed the wall, unless you consider the wall to be Trump. It does work. Yeah. But we have to, we have to maintain that. But, but so how do they get around these things? They create these spectacular pictures and the like, this, like I say, they create, they manufacture a crisis to get around rational thought. Just think about what they're doing with the students and the gun. Yep. There was a crazy guy with a gun, and therefore we should take away the guns of everyone else so we can't defend ourselves against a crazy guy with a gun. Right, that, that, makes, that makes perfect sense for someone who's who's basically got serious problems. So some crazy person out there kills a bunch of innocent people. So, so the solution is let's disarm the innocent people. How does that make From sense being able to, to anyone? Protect themselves and, right. and, and just 
talk to the police chief in Detroit, and he'll tell you, you better be armed because we're not going to get there in time. Yeah, Just, and the, and the but, truth is, I'm sorry, go ahead. But the emotional appeal they use is so powerful that it overrides rational but, but but, but the, this just this ingrained idea this hatred for liberty i think it, it it makes people want to give up their liberties rather than actually stand up for for individual liberty and, and and rugged individualism look i don't need government to come in and protect me from every little thing let me do it myself you know, this, is, this is why you know i do radio shows all over yeah. the world actually and why i love coming on shows like yours because you actually understand that process. And, and there's red counties in, in California that do as well. But it, it has been so long since government has been in these people's lives and in, our, in, in the classrooms. I don't know what it's like in Arkansas, but in, in California, the, the capitalist is portrayed poorly and as the villain, and the government mm-hmm. is the protector and these kids know no other thought process. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a national program. That's not <laughs> unique to California. What we have yeah. through Common Core and through some of the Race to the Trot programs, we've let the federal government into the into the state classroom. So now the federal government, in the eyes of making uh, education consistent across the country, has has taken over a lot of that. But but. As far as these things that we're seeing happening with the guns and, and, and with the uh, caravan down there, there is a large group of people. You've got the United Nations, and you've got your CNN group and your leftist groups. This is a large, organized effort to create these things, and they have an agenda, and they're going down a box, and they have a place that they're going with this. And they've been doing this for a long time. And we're just playing along and let them take our freedom away from you. And a lot of these things, what we're doing is with welfare, we're incentivizing bad behavior. Uh, we've incentivized these people is what you were talking about, Paul, to come across the border. We incentivize people to go into certain places and take advantage of people that can't protect themselves, such as as schools in different places. So these gun free zones, gun free zones. So. In this country, we incent- we incentivize bad behavior, and then whenever it happens, then we make laws to take people's freedom away from them. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, yeah as if that's some sort of resolution. But, you know, politicians appropriate. They don't fix. There's a big difference, right? And what did Milton Friedman say so many years ago? A program shouldn't be judged by its intentions. It should be <laughs> judged by its results. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't matter that. They did an assault weapon ban, and it didn't have an effect before. It doesn't matter that that the shootings, uh, mass shootings are down, and gun shootings are down dramatically. It doesn't matter that the vast majority of gun deaths are by handgun related to suicide. You just have to do something and feel better about it. But again, their logic it, it gets lost. I mean. Uh, they will tell you that if if you outlaw abortion, it's going to happen illegal anyway in a back alley. But when it comes to guns, they say you can outlaw guns, but don't worry, it'll fix the problem. Yeah. People won't do it illegally. No, that's, that's not true. And so th- their logic doesn't necessarily follow through, and history and facts are optional, and 
quite honestly, um, this is this is the culture war we face. It is it is the new left generation that now dominates the media for the last really since. Uh, the 70s, it, this yep. really came to be in significant fashion. And and they have this ability to push policy because they're winning that cultural argument. And conservatives have never been able to deal with the other way around. They can't push back on this. They are we may win. You know, we passed the tax reform because that was logical. We got we pushed it through. Right. But how long is that going to be in, right? Yep. They get the vast majority of the laws. All you have to do is realize that our, the, the governments from the city council to the federal level all over the country spend $6 trillion a year. So who's winning the argument? I'm with you. Tom, if you, not, if you could hold on. And that's not enough, by the way. Okay. I want you to hold on. I'll be right back with you. i got to get a break in. we got uh, sure. Tom Del Bacario. He's on with us. He is the former... Uh, chairman in California, the Republican Party. I want. I got one last question for him, but it's going to have to wait until I get back here in just a moment. Need to tell you about uh, PI Roofing Home Solutions. You know, starting to thunder around us. We're under a tornado watch. If uh, you know, God forbid, but if it happens and a tornado touches down by you and tears up your roof, you call PI Roofing immediately. And they will get out to your house as quickly as they can to tarp your roof up. Uh, they'll set you up so they can repair your roof for you. And if any water got in, they can take care of all the damages inside, the interior painting, the drywall repair, exterior painting, the carpentry work, the insulation, the ventilation, all of that in one place, PI Roofing and Home Solutions. 501-687-6246, PI Roofing. Dot com. All right, Tom, I want to finish up uh, the show with you uh, today about this caravan. And, th- and that is, you've been a California native for a long time. You know what illegal immigration does to your, has done to your state. Can you try to give my listeners a, a kind of sure. a, a, a crystal ball look into the future? Sure. Okay. And, you know, what I said earlier before, that's not enough. I meant not you being with me, but, you know, there's six million, six trillion in spending and they want more. Six trillion is not enough. Mm-hmm. Well, what would be enough? Not, right? There is never enough. Exactly. You know, they'll spend, they'll spend it all. I mean, look, we can, we can sit here and talk all day long. And one party wants to continue this, and they don't want any borders at all uh, here in the United States. And this is a pretty good indication of where they stand. And I, you know, I don't know what we have to do for the American public to make them wake up. Well, you can see I have a big piece coming out uh, next week that um, I'll make sure you get. Are you on Facebook? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, Dave Ellswick show. People, um, maybe if you, do you have an individual page or? Um... I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll get a hold of Ryan. He'll get back a hold of you, and I'll give you a place to hook up with me. How's that? Good, because I want to be able to yeah get stuff. Okay, so let uh, me let me let you go, and we'll have you back on, and we'll spend an yeah, hour. No, let's uh, we can 
we can we can quickly finish this if you like. You don't okay, have I got I got twenty five seconds. All right. Okay, so let's uh, let me get you back on, and we'll continue this conversation uh, in the very near future. You'll hear from Ryan within the day. Okay. Okay. All, All right. right. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for being part of the Dave Ellswick show today. Uh, I, I really do appreciate that. Let me move on this. If I can get, okay, got it. All right. We got the news and then we'll have more for you here in just a moment on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick show shooting in California, YouTube right now. Uh, I think if you listen to Tom's voice, you can tell him, tell how serious he sees this problem, uh, is and is becoming. And, uh, we will be back in a moment, but we got to bring you up to date, give you 60 seconds of news here from Fox. That's coming up here now. All right, back with you here in the studios of uh, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Uh, if you just got over to us, glad to have you along for the ride. Uh, you who are in Conway, you're getting a much better signal than you used to, as well as in Greenbrier, other areas uh, to the west where we've uh, directed our signal to because for a long period of time, we were shooting to the southeast. That's a lot of farmland. Uh, we would like to, uh, I don't mind talking to people, but, you know, soybeans uh, don't listen very well. So uh, we were able to get this signal, this frequency. We did. And we're, our, our antenna and uh, transmitters located on top of, uh, you know, Antenna Mountain out there on Chenal. And uh, you can hear us now. And if you're in Maumelle, you're hearing us loud and clear. Now, nobody in front of us keep us from getting to you and across the river and, and whatnot. And we're going to do some fine-tuning. And some of you that might be getting a little bit of a shaky signal right now, some of that's going to clear up. I'm going to cut a, a video, put it on uh, on my uh, uh, Facebook page uh, on the show for the show and on uh, the Internet, on Instagram and things of that nature that shows you how to hook your smartphone up into your radio so that you can listen to us right off of your smartphone using our app. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, once you start doing that, you'll never go back because it's clear. It don't matter. You drive under a bridge, you get next to a building, you get under power lines, it won't matter anymore. Hmm. You get just a really clear signal from us. Hey, don't forget about Safari Pets, 808 West Main and Cabot. They're number 501-628-0067. Safari-pet.com is their website. They've been open since 2001. Went from a really kind of just a small pet store to now being the largest independent pet store in Arkansas. They offer grooming. They have everything you need for taking care of your pet or pets. That's dogs, cats, uh, all the exotics as far as, you know, sugar gliders, lizards, spiders, birds, saltwater fish, you name it, they got it, and they've got the products you need to take care of your pet. That's at Adelaide West Main and Cabot. Don't forget about the 14th of this month. It is their anniversary sale, and you'll want to make sure that uh, you um, go to that. In fact, go to uh, Safari Pets before it, and you probably get yourself a a card while you're there. I got one here. 17th annual anniversary sale. Save 50% off of one item. That can be a significant savings, folks. 
Just saying, a significant savings. That's Saturday, April 14th, a free gift bag for the first 100 customers. And they want you to come out and celebrate 17 years. It's their biggest sale of the year, store-wide sales on everything. You can register to win free products and prizes. And again, the first 100 customers receive a free gift that's valued at over 25 bucks. You can buy the reptiles, bearded lizards and all of those, at wholesale prices. That's all going on at Safari Pets. All right, so guys, you listen to Tom Del uh, Beccaro, the former chairman of the California Republican Party. And, uh, you know, he's been dealing with this for years and years. I just don't, for whatever reason, I it doesn't compute to people's minds what is happening here. We're, we're literally being inundated by people who do not want to follow our laws. Yeah, and they have to ignore our laws to get here. What reason do we have laws? What reason do we have order? And well, a lot of these people are illegal, and they're coming here illegally. We need to define what illegal is and what legal is. Well, and we need to uphold the laws that we've got. And then some of the problem that makes it really bad is when you have the government that forces us to give them free pro, free welfare, and whether it be medical care or, or public school or whatever it may be. And Dave was mentioning earlier in some of these places that their trauma centers, I assume their emergency rooms, That's are right. just simply non-existent anymore because they can't afford to keep them open because when they're, they're misused, giving out, giving out so much free care. They can't stay stay in, in in business, and that's you know it's it's one thing to to say that you know a hospital can't turn someone away who's bleeding to death, but it's another thing to to say they can't actually have have a means of recovering what it costs to to um to care for the person. I mean it's it's you know if if you come to my house and you're bleeding to death, I'm I'm going to help you, but I don't think I'm necessarily obligated to do it for free, and you're not you're not have have any obligation to pay for at least my supplies that I used to stop the bleeding. That's a reasonable request at the very least for you to at least um, pay for the service that I provided for you at, at a reasonable rate. I shouldn't be required to, to become your slave simply because you're injured, um, which is essentially what's happening when people are going to these emergency rooms and, and receiving free care at, at the expense of, of, of someone else. Well, I mean, at one time, if you went to a hospital and you were injured. I mean, you're a person that was really, really poor. I mean, there was no way under God's blue sky you're going to be able to pay the bill. Or let's say you go in and uh, you you got a uh, you've had a heart attack or or whatever as far as that's concerned, and uh, you know you you have a situation where you need emergency treatment and they find out you need a bypass operation and they're going to do that for you. But if you can't pay, it used to be hospitals dollar for dollar could write that off of their taxation. Hmm. And they can't do that anymore. They're not allowed to do that anymore. That That's ridiculous. Thank you, Obamacare. Yeah. So and, they and had it, to remove that so yeah. they could bring in what the replacement that they wanted. Yeah. And, and it's just. That was well, called disproportionate care. Yeah. And, and now I believe a nurse told me that there was four time there was four different categories that they put uh, emergency uh the people that come to the emergency room in there's four different categories now they get paid for like 25 percent in one category and mm. and maybe 40 percent of another category and zero for the other two categories well, so they've just so they don't let them write it off they, so they just don't let them take write it, it off anymore but see see that creates a problem 
before you can have a solution, you have to create the problem. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the first order. That's the first. Thing. That's what the yeah. guy from Tom was saying from California. So the first thing that Obama does is say, "Hey, we're not going to take care of these people when they come to the emergency room anymore. There'll be no more disproportionate care. These people don't have any way to get care." So well, so since they don't have any way to get care anymore, since I canceled that program, we have to go with Obamacare now. And now we're going to take the taxpayers' money and give it to Blue Cross and Blue Shield, and they're going to keep 40%, and then they're all going to have health insurance, and it's going to make a lot of money for everybody except the poor suckers that are working every day and that are paying into it. (laughs) So Those who are being actually are productive. We had a state senator sit in this chair and says that Arkansas's Medicaid expansion costs 70% more than what we were doing before when Medicaid patients just got traditional Medicaid. They go to the doctor, they get the care, the doctor gets reimbursed or the hospital from the state of Arkansas, and there's no insurance company to suck 40 or 50% out of the taxpayers' monies out of it. So he sat right here in this chair and said, what we're doing now costs 40 to 70% more than what we were doing before. Well, so you, so basically what we have is we have a crony, crony capitalist version of socialism. That's right, and it's more expensive. Than the full-blown The single payer would be, for, would, would be like 40 to 60% less than what we're doing right now, but all the interest and, But they don't understand, the, uh, the politicians, uh, that are, are trying to do this other runaround thing that they're doing, is that what they're in the, going to end up doing is forcing us into a single payer system where the government takes over our health care completely. Because right. they can actually make a factual argument saying that single payer would be cheaper. And they're right there at is this no point. doubt. And so or it seems that they're right. But at if this we point. went back before all of that, it would be cheaper still, but that won't be included in the, in the conversation. And, and, and that's part of the problem is we don't believe in free markets. And therefore, what we do is, well, we've, we've got to fix this problem with another government program since we messed it up with a government program to start with. I won't mention any names, but we had all of our senators call in here from Washington, D.C. I asked every one of them, hey, can we not go back to the day before Barack Obama (laughs) and go back to reimbursing the hospitals dollar for dollar, disproportionate care, take care of the people that cannot take care of themselves, and the rest of us just go back to the free market and buy whatever we want to buy? Can we not go back to the day before? Three out of four of them, as Dave told me, I told him when I was going to ask him, said, hey, we've done polls, and everybody doesn't want to go all the way back where that we were before. Because now, you know. You they, gave them something free. You gave you them can't something take free, it away. You, you, you can't take it back. So now even the people that are supposed to be Republicans don't want to go back well, to the free market system because they got something. Now they can keep their kids on there longer. Now you can't be kicked off your insurance. So now somebody else is going to pay for all your problems. What happens when you let a little pig get, get latched onto the teat? Yeah. He squeals when you try to pull him off. And so so what do we expect when we allow and, and basically force people to start sucking off the government teat? We had people before that, that could, could hold their head up and actually pay for their own insurance. You know, back before Obamacare came through, I think I was paying about five, maybe 575 a year for my um, for my catastrophic medical policy and it and it was it was um just a, i think it was a five thousand dollar deduct- deductible and it's gone up to about a thousand a year maybe 
eleven hundred a year is what I'm paying now, which is really still pretty pretty low compared to what a lot of people pay. Yeah, a lot of people pay that month. And so, but the thing is though that why can't people have access to buy that kind of coverage? I don't care about insurance for the purposes of of, of getting you just better. Want catastrophic I care. want catastrophic you care. Want catastrophic because care. If, if I if I'm dumb enough to hold my breath and pass out in the bottom of the pool and I spend a week in the hospital after, I don't. I'd rather not ha- come up with a bill for fifty thousand dollars. The truth is that most families in Arkansas are paying fifteen hundred dollars a month for the families. They have five thousand dollar deductibles, paying twelve the thousand to fifteen dollars a month, and they don't have anything but catastrophic care. Because they don't have $5,000 a year to spend on their health care before their insurance kicks in. The insurance companies are writing our health care laws. And let me tell you, I've seen insurance contracts before I deal with it in automotive. When the insurance company writes the law and the policy, they win every time. It's not Las Vegas. All right. Take a break. Be back to finish it up in a moment. Bible guys coming up at 5 o'clock. Look like Billy is here to go along with Steve Hess. They'll join us uh, right after the news top of the hour. You have a question for them. Just send it to BibleGuys at SalemLR.com. You know, if you hate paying taxes, just wait until you withdraw money from your IRA, your 401k, or other retirement accounts. Required minimum distributions could force you to withdraw money from these accounts, whether you want to or not. That's right, because when the government needs your money, they need it now. Not when you want to give it up, when they need it. Uh, This could trigger an avalanche of taxes for you, and every year could get even more expensive. David Lucas specializes in strategies that could reduce these taxes and save you thousands of dollars. He's a published author, host of the David Lucas Show right here on 101.1, The Answer. And if you've saved at least $200,000 for retirement, be one of the first 10 callers to schedule your free review now at 501-653-6690. If you want to learn how you could save thousands in, of, in, of dollars in taxes on your IRA or 401k, call 501-653-6690. 501-653-6690. All right, the uh, situation at YouTube in California is over. Evidently, the shooter, which I I can't, as I'm thinking about, it, I can't remember any shooter that's been a female here recently, uh, is dead. Uh, she uh, she took her own life. So uh, the four people were wounded. Nobody evidently died. That uh, yet, has been yeah. reported. I don't know if anybody is in uh, you know critical condition or what at the hospital. But the bottom line is the shooter has taken their own life. Uh, and uh, I guess we'll find out who they were and what they think set them off. And uh, it just goes to show it, do- it doesn't have to happen just at, uh, at schools or anything. It happens anywhere. And why you need armed security on site and very close by. A guy in an article I was just reading said something that you know makes a whole lot of sense and it is a kind of a new reality for all of us and that is the strangeness of it is that you don't know who might go off the hook you just don't know it could be somebody that you consider one of your best friends and they pull a 
a weapon and start shooting people. Sure, sure, and, and that's that's one of the that's one of the the. The, one of the dangers of liberty is that someone might hurt you. But the other, the the beauty of liberty is that that you can actually recover from, from situations that are dire. Because even when things go crazy, you you can compensate by having liberty. If you don't have liberty, you you, you lose opportunities from a, from a, from an economic standpoint, from a safety standpoint, many different standpoints. And so, so the liberty to be armed, the liberty to to engage in c- commerce. Without government hampering you and, and, and stifling your rights in so many areas, it's 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 um it's detrimental. It's it's devastating in many many ways. And so when government comes along and says, you know what, we're not going to let you have liberty here because well, it, it, it may hurt somebody. We can't trust you with with your rights. And so we're just going to take all your rights away from you. And you know if you get lots of super certifications or maybe join the government in some way, you can maybe have a few of your rights back. In the meantime. You don't jump through all the hoops until you get killed. Well, and I believe if you look at the statistics through all this stuff that's going on, murders are down by any by any means. So homicides down and the murder rate is down. Shootings right now. are down. Everything's down. Every, everything's down. So all they all they're do, doing is sensationalizing that's all exactly of this. Right. All they're doing is, is trying to, to to make the problem seem worse than it really is. But if you want to make it worse than it really is, then take people's right and ability to stop the killing away from them. Because uh, at a 911 training center, a person told me one time in a training seminar, you have to stop the killing, stop the dying, and prepare people to be exported to get the care that they need. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now change the subject. The Mexican government revealed that the caravan of more than 1,500 families from Central America making their way north is part of an annual event occurring over the past seven years without prior interference. Hmm. Wow, who was president then? (gasps) Obama. If you're watching on TV, that's why he's got a black eye. Uh, Mexico City asserts, it is not promoting the irregular immigration and is considering how to detain some while granting asylum to others who qualify. The revelation was made in a recent statement issued by Mexico's Foreign Relations Ministry where it addressed the issue of jointly dealing with immigration and also discussed the caravan, which has drawn attention from the U.S. government. Mexican officials revealed that the caravan is a public event which tries to bring attention to Central American migrants who are forced to flee their homes to seek refuge at other points north. The caravan has been a yearly event since 2010, and since the migrants entered the country in an irregular fashion, they are subject to Mexican immigration enforcement. The statement makes no mention of any enforcement actions in the previous years and revealed that this year they are offering asylum to those who qualify. So wow. the plot thickens. Well, you mean Mexico has a qualification system for people that oh, can get asylum? Oh, it's tough to get into Mexico. Oh, is that right? They yes. have a qualification system? I don't think that if you're a foreigner, you can buy land. Is that right? Yeah. Well, imagine that. They and got uh, huge, <laughs> a huge, huge fan, uh, fence, I think, what is it, between them and Guatemala? Huge fence. You can't get. You can't just walk into Mexico. Ah, no, but we're expected to let people just walk into the United States, right? 
Well, we, we and, and we give them free stuff. We are the greatest nation on the face of the earth, but we won't be for much longer if we continue to let this insanity go on. Well, we're competing for the stupidest nation, I'm afraid, in some respects. Yeah, the United Nations. Pretty... The, you know, if we tear down all of our borders and teach all of our children the same thing and take care of what they call jingoism and take that out of our schools and brainwash all the kids in the world could be one happy place. Oh, sure. All the uh-huh. kids would be would Imagine be trained to get along and accept, accept anything, no matter what, except everybody for what they are. Again. No more wars, ooh, no more battles, ooh, ooh. you know. If you believe all Pardon that crap, you need to vote for Pardon a Democrat. Pardon me while I sing John Lennon with yeah. behind you there. All right, it's, uh, it's the Dave Ellswick Show. That was R.D. with all of that, yeah. yeah. He doesn't believe anything he just said. I'm just telling well, that's you. exactly. Appreciate you, brother. I know right. you're going to be gone for the week next week. Yeah, be, be safe gone next week. in thank D.C., you. and they will not let you carry a firearm there. And, Paul, right. thank you very much yes, sir. for being here. We'll see you a little later on. The Bible guys are on their way. Fox News is next. All right. I had to... Uh, Restrain Steve Hess here before he came on because I knew he'd want to dance to this and I didn't want to have to burn that out of my brain. So uh, <laughs> he's here today. Scott you, is not here today. He had something come up down in Louisiana. Had to go take care of it. He'll be back with us next Tuesday. But Billy is here. Hey, welcome. I love having Billy hello, here. Hello, hello. Billy's a good man. He's all right. Yeah. He's all right. All right. <laughs> Smile for the cameras now, Billy. I will do my yeah, best to smile. Uh, you know, everybody need to, needs to know. You can see Billy and he and I and 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 uh, Steve are all brothers of baldness. There you go. <laughs> the I bald gotta, brothers are in. But the I got to shave my head, man. I <clears> hadn't <throat> shaved it in about three days, and starting to get, starting to get that fuzzy wuzzy look. Yeah, my wife called me a long haired hippie earlier, so you know, <laughs> it can be seen, and that makes me a hippie. Apparently, all they've right. got the stubble going on. Yeah, there. man, I got it's unbelievable how fast. You know, I never knew my hair grew that fast, and then I shaved my head, and it started growing faster. And it grows faster in my ears than it did before. What does that <laughs> tell you about shaving? Yeah. Stop. Mm-hmm. Cut it out. I should stop, you know? But I'm just doing the George Carlin thing. Hair may be short on the outside, still long on the inside. <laughs> All right. Just keep that in mind. Just keep it in mind. All right. So, uh, last uh, weekend, I saw you on a Sunday, not this past weekend but the weekend before yep and we we all uh celebrated passover together had a great time a lot of fun nothing but positive you know statements to me from that people loved every moment of it Excellent. Ne- never had anybody come to one and have a negative comment because most of the people that would have a negative comment won't come to begin with there you go. because they're yep. going to be too busy defending their denomination mm-hmm. and, true enough uh, so it was great. It was a lot of fun. I, I always have fun. I was kidding uh, Scott after it was over with, and I said, you know, did you replace your grape juice with wine? And he looked at me because I, <laughs> I said, because when we got to the cup of, of praise, yeah. brother, you were into it. Yeah. <laughs> and <he's, laughs> he said, no, it was grape juice, Dave. Yeah. But well, yeah. You, you should have been at service Sunday. It was a really wild Sunday. Was it really good? Oh, yeah. Oh, very yeah, he, cool. he finished up the four cup series and uh, really tied a bunch of other things together. It was really cool. So if he did the four cup series, then he got he was at cup of praise. Then, That's right. right. That's right. Yep. Very cool. Yeah, and there was yeah. a whole lot of people in the church that got it, saw the whole picture he'd been painting for the last four weeks, and uh-huh. uh, and he tied it together with some uh, uh, some other events that were happening on that day. Yeah, I got a friend that's going to call you 
uh, either you or Scott, and wants to talk to you about the whole Easter thing. Okay. Because there was an article, I don't know if it was in Christianity Today or yes. another, was it in Christianity Today about that Easter came around, came came around was a monk who, who divide, came up to put the, the, you know, the device of Easter and all that. And I, and I, I just wrote back to him. I said, I want you to get a hold of Scott Stewart or Steve Hessen talked to him. I said, that may be true what the man is saying, but what he's not telling you is what was going on before right. the monk wrote what he did because Constantine told him to write it. Right. You know, there's some historical, you know, significance that you need to look at. You all, you know, make the point very clearly. Uh, manuscripts make it clear. And for 300 odd years after, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the death and, and, and resurrection that uh, they followed the Passover. That there was no Passover. such thing as Easter. The Absolutely. Jewish Encyclopedia and the Catholic Encyclopedia both record that its roots are rooted in paganism. Not every aspect of it. And, but, and when you say it is rooted in paganism, you're talking about Easter, not Passover. So that is correct. For yeah, that's, that's clear for <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. Uh, but but anyway, I, I don't want to do a whole show on that again. But sure. the bottom line is, is that um, it's easy to look at somebody wrote something 600 years mm-hmm. after, which was 300, almost 300 years after they got, they quit following Passover. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that bothers me most about all of that is all the great early church fathers that I had such high regard for, it just put a big blemish on them. Right. Sure. To Tullian and, and, even if, and a lot of them. Well, I don't care who it is. If you write anything that you draw some sort of symbolism in, and, and, and it may be great, but if you take away and then obviously go to the extreme version, which we saw that how, how Constantine did and how the church shifted away from what God originally gave, I always make the comparison is why would you change it or alter it? And this is the part that uh, Pastor Scott brought together this past weekend was showing all the way back. It was part of what we talked about that when I taught at your place about how going all the way back to Genesis, this has always been the day in which God was going to deliver. And it's just like having a, a um, if you are engaged to be married and you set your wedding date to be January the 1st and you, and for you, maybe you're a long-term planner and you wait for five years, you have a five-year engagement and January 1st comes and then afterwards you go, you know what, let's change it to February the 15th, and I'm going to well, start. my birthday, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> and then not only that, um, my wife's name is uh, Linda, now I'm going to start calling her Tracy, just because let's, you know, we're going to change it. And, see yeah. how, and that's what we've done to these things. And though you may find some symbolism in it, it it takes away from what God originally established. So that's, yeah. that's the real premise. For well, that. and by divorcing it from its original context, we also lose all of the ties that were created. You know, today, Easter kind of stands alone as its own thing, whereas Passover does not by any stretch of it the imagination. It weaves throughout the history. Right. And it weaves from from the very earliest um, things that God was doing for his people, and it also weaves together with the rest of the festivals and feasts in the spring. It, it paints this much larger picture and this much more powerful thing that when we try to change it, and I, we've had this conversation before, I do not celebrate Easter. I will not celebrate Easter. Uh, but I I don't go talk to people about you should not be celebrating Easter. What I do is I go, look what you're missing by not celebrating Passover. And that tends to be much more effective because Passover has so much more richness in it. Uh, there's, there's so much 
um, symbology and um, things going on here that once you sit out, we had um, several new people uh, for Passover this year. And it is always my experience that when someone new sees and experiences the entire Passover Seder, that they walk away with it with a profound understanding that they did not have before. I agree with that. I, I wholeheartedly Let me share you with that. give you an idea about how uh, I've once, uh, my teacher, Dr. Mosley, once said that we do everything backwards in the church. Everything's backwards. And and if you look at what happens in the, whether it be Catholic or Methodist or other traditions who follow things like Lent all the way up to Easter, it, they say Easter is, uh, you know, is the end. It is the climax of, of everything that starts back at Lent. But what is actually happening when you start Passover, it's actually the beginning. The beginning, absolutely. It's not the end of the ceremony. It's actually the beginning. And where does that culminate? And it culminates on Pentecost. Absolutely. And so Pentecost, or I'm sorry, see what you did to me there? Passover actually starts off this whole spring season for the next 50 days. As a matter of fact, we are on the third day of something known as counting the Omer, which is counting the day that leads up to Pentecost, which actually began on three days ago was first fruits, which is really the thing that we should be celebrating about the Passover is that the Messiah rose um, on the day of first fruits, which is another one of those feast things. Which Not, you're going to talk about today. Yes. But, but when Passover when Passover comes and then first fruits comes, that begins that count. It doesn't end. That's why, you know, I've had friends that that I work with and, and other friends in other churches who are pretty regular people, and they like to make a little jab at the people who show up at church on Christmas and Easter and call them CEO CEOs. Christians because mm-hmm. they show up on Christmas and Easter only. And there's this idea that now that Easter has come and gone, well, that's it. I'm kind of covered for a little while. Mm-hmm. Instead, Passover is the beginning. Passover is the march out of the world. It's not you were, well— I got delivered, and we just walked to the end of the border of Egypt, go, glad that's over. No, now it's a march to the place, well, to where? To Mount Sinai and to the promises uh, that all all that God promised Israel and all that God promised the people who become believers in the Messiah. So then we start counting and and preparing for a harvest that's supposed to come. So there's a lot more that goes on in Passover than just celebrating what happened that night. But then it continues on the entire week of unleavened bread, this whole week, eating nothing but matzah crackers and matzo pizzas and all kinds of things to remember this it's more than one night all right Devante is going to join us from little rock Devante, how are you welcome to the dave ellswick show your question for the bible guys yes my um my friend had a question basically and it was like a discussion at school and the question is when cain killed abel they said god gave him a mark and basically he wants to know what that mark is because at school, they were telling him that it, it was making him turn black, or something like that. So mm-hmm. I just want to know what was the mark. Okay, you listen in. You can hear us clear, right? Yes, sir. All right, listen in because they're not right. It was <laughs> that's right. You know, they weren't right. I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't even know that there's anything that identifies what that mark was. Right, but it was not that. If anything, he would have been marked white because I don't know. I've heard that goofy. Um, racist theory that that was how he was marked but nothing in its original state gets darker gets lighter so that's why if anything they were originally darker back then and if his mark would have been anything like that silliness he would have been a different uh white i think but well anyway. and beyond that it, it simply doesn't matter and, and the reason it simply doesn't matter is something that people identified, identified it, right, right. The, but the reason it doesn't matter is we're going to get to noah 
And, and it doesn't matter what was before Noah. We are all going to descend from that p- position right there. Right. So we, you know, we, we talk about going back to Adam for common ancestry, but we really do not have to go back that far. Right. So when we start talking about common ancestry, which is invariably where that sort of conversation, you know, oh, well, you're part of that cursed people and that's the reason you're dark. That's where that goes. And, right. and that is ridiculous and really nonsense. Wanted, those who wanted to keep that foolishness is then they try and tie it to ham after Noah. absolutely and that's just that's just still racist. nonsense and yep. god god is not a god of races he picked the jewish people not because of a race but those are the people that he chose he's the god of all nations all tribes tongues and nations or, or anybody that tries to divide us biblically in that way are in so much error i think they deserve um condemnation not just a condemnation but you know when people ask me what would jesus do at one point he actually wove a whip and took yep. on some people so that's the kind of stuff that deserves a whooping right there, in my opinion. All right. Let's take a break. Uh, we've got Steve here. We've got Billy here. We've already had our first question, and I hope that was as, we made that as clear as we possibly can. Yeah, it just is not identified. We want to talk about uh, first fruits. There's something to be said about first fruits, but the way some people are starting to use first fruits is wrong, and uh, we want to talk about that as well. All that's coming your way during this hour of the Dave Ellswick Show with the Bible Guys. Don't forget about Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. This family business uh, really takes care of their patients. First of all, if you want to come to uh, Horton's, what you need to do, give them a call, make an appointment, come on in, and you got to bring three things with you. Bring a form of identification, typically a driver's license, that has a photo on it. Bring your uh, card for your insurance and then bring the paper your doctor gave you for the treatment that you need. And that way they'll be in good stead of being able to uh, take care of you and take care of you in the correct manner. Now, if it's a artificial limb that you need, uh, they'll do all the measuring. They'll do, they'll talk to you about how much, uh, you know, movement that you want to uh, regain and they know it's going to be as much as that you can get and they're going to help you do that as best that they can. Uh, They'll tell you the realities and they'll tell you uh, that the sky can be the limit many times. If you're a woman and you need, uh, you know, some uh, prosthetic breasts, they can do that. They've got a whole group of people. That's all they deal with is the breast surgeries from cancer and things of that nature. They can take great care of you. All you need to do is get a hold of them, get in, and uh, sit down and talk with them. Their phone number, 501-663-2908, or stop by and visit with them. Remember, driver's license, insurance card, paper from the doctor, 5220 West 12th Street in Little Rock. Uh, Steve and Billy, uh, first fruits. A lot of people have never even heard of the Mm -hmm. term first fruits uh it just became an issue recently where people were talking about it a lot when the woman that ministers with trump she's a pastor pastor, and i don't remember her name either but she has uh, been talking doctrinal doctrinally about first fruits and saying that you should tithe Every time, you know, you get paid or whatever. Mm -hmm. Sure. But you should also give your first fruits, and that's 
to be given to the church as well. And there's a lot of people who have been attacking that thought process, uh, talking about the prosperity movement and talking <laughs> about a lot of things like that and saying that this is just another way to gin up some extra money uh, for the church. I'm going to turn it over to you guys, all right, because I don't know exactly where First Fruits sits in all of this. I'm kind of a, a neophyte. You know that to a lot of this. But I'm a neophyte that believes that if I hear the truth, I'll act on it. So tell us exactly what First Fruits is all about. Is, is it separate from tithing? And uh, are churches getting involved in it because they see another revenue stream? Okay, so first fruits. <laughs> I said I was going to be good. Um, so how did we get the Passover, and how do we get the first fruits? So what happens is the in in ancient times, when the uh, the wheat and the barley would come in, and as soon as they would see the sprouts, and they would see the very next new moon, uh, that would declare the new year, and that's what would begin the first month of the year. And that's where they start counting down the Passover. Correct. correct. And so okay. they would count fourteen days, and they would mark what grew. Uh, and that was the part they would go back, and then as um, after the Sabbath of that unleavened bread, they would go out, and they would harvest that first fruits, and then they would offer that um, that part, uh, and that was the feast, or the be- I guess you could say the feast of first fruits, is they offered what first came up, and then 50 days later, they would start counting as the rest of the crop began to grow, and then they would, um, they would. It's known as counting the Omer. And then that fifty days later, they would, they would um, offer two, two loaves, um, and then some animals and some other things. And that was really the culmination of the whole harvest. So this first fruits was dealing with the wheat and the barley that was growing there at that time. Uh, yes, there is a principle that applies as far as like tithing, but. If you try to get specific and narrow it down, it only applied to, you know, the temple and the priesthood and that, and that time. But, yeah, you can take the principle that God established that uh, he wanted you to give 10% back. But if, you're, if they're trying to take the Feast of First Fruits and turn it into something modern just to generate up more, which, which is my big problem that I see a lot that really does concern me greatly uh, about um, what I would call the prosperity guys getting hold of mm-hmm. the Hebraic, Hebraic Roots movement because there is— and there are a lot of things that God used in the sowing of seed and reaping of a harvest that that shows how God blesses his people, but he didn't do that so that people could go out and buy, you know, airplanes and, and 10 vacation homes. That was not the intent of the prosperity. Uh, Deuteronomy, I think it's 18.8, tells us very clearly that the point of his prosperity and sowing all that so we can establish his covenant. Uh, so anyway, I'll pause on that and give Billy a chance to answer. Right, well, got, got about a minute and a half here. Okay. I, I'm, this is one of those things that, as a preacher of the gospel, offends me greatly. And that is that people want to delve just deep enough to prove their point without going all the way to what it says. Um, for starters, we can start talking about the fact that every one of the tithes was very specific in what had to be tithed. We can talk about the fact that it talks about tithing on your increase, not on every penny you've made. Um, they, if they had they would, have, they would have tied themselves right out of existence if they had tied on everything that was there. They were tithing on the increase, and that's the reason it talks about checking the lambs. It doesn't say go through your, your herd again and, and take a tenth of all of those plus your lambs. It talks about going through the lambs. So this is one of those things, and we were having this discussion uh, prior to, is that if I start 
with a goal in mind. Um, I'm going to get people to give more. Then I can twist the word of God to prove just about anything. Um, I, I taught a lesson once where I, I shocked everyone. And I said, I'm going to, to, to start with the supposition today that the Bible itself says there is no God. And then we work from there. And, of course, it says the fool says in his heart. All right. So stay right where you're at, and we're going to come back and talk more about what we're talking about. And, you know, why is it important? Well, it's important to understand the truth. So we'll get back to the truth when we uh, return, 823-0965, if you've got a question. All right, back with you. And uh, we've got a rabbi on the other line of our phone, so let's get to him. Christopher is in uh, Morganton, Virginia. And, Christopher, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing very well. It's Morganton, North Carolina, but, you know. Okay, sorry. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. Great show, by the way, but I wanted to say to say this one, I offer just a slight bit of little correction there in terms of uh, how we come upon the new year and the counting. Um, the The entire idea of the barley being the indicator and the sprouts, as, as you guys ended up saying, is a uh, idea that comes out of something called chiritism, which is a much later form of understanding of these things. And it draws some huge issues when we get to Revelation chapter 12. Because Revelation chapter 12 tells us that um, three and a half years is Mm -hmm. 1,260 days. Well, if you're working on the barley and doing it through through the sprouts, then your years are not going to have 360 days, except on a leap year when you have that extra 30 days. So if the barley fields ended up being burnt up or something like that, you would end up having like something like the the bad horror movie sequels. (laughs) Being like you know, um, you know, uh, a dar, uh, a dar three, it's back, you know, or something right. like that. So, I okay. just wanted to offer that. Well, thank All you. Right. I we was, appreciate your call. I knew, I know that's a big de- uh, debate uh, amongst many in the mm-hmm. break roots and messianic circles, but I thought that um, I thought that was how it was counted in the uh, first century. Mm. You know, it's kind of it's kind it's kind of like saying you know that there's snow you know during during winter. Well, do we count the winter starting for the first snow it's not it's just, just an indicator sure and that's what uh it's what the uh, aviv is all about right the the ripe into barley okay. so um and and you're right it's certainly not something we're going to solve here today um there are at least i know of at least three different days where passover was celebrated in the last week uh friday night saturday night and sunday night depending on <laughs> right. which calendar you're following um so uh we, we appreciate that view yeah, thank uh, you. just not something that I can solve at this point. So Messiah will fix it when he comes. Let let me ask you, how'd you find our show? Um, Actually from a couple of you guys' mutual friends, uh, old uh, uh, Katja and Pixie Uh, and uh, and Matthew. Oh, okay, great. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us today. And by the way, if you ever want to watch in on us, you can go to, uh, you know, our uh, facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick show, and you can watch this whole deal go down. That's where I was watching. Oh, great. Fantastic. If you're ever in the area, uh, make yourself present to us, and we'll have you on the show with us. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you very much. You, you gentlemen do a wonderful job, and I'm going to wish you uh, shalom brocha, peace and a blessing. All right. Thank, thank you. you very much. We appreciate your time here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Paula White, Steve, is who I was talking about. She, of course, works for President Trump's Evangelical Advisory Board. She is urging, and, and uh, I've already read some of this, too, uh, Steve and to Billy and I thought they might have been possessed, 
but <clears throat> then I figured out they weren't. A little <laughs> hot around the collar. Anyway, uh, she said she is urging her followers to give a, quote, first fruits financial offering with the start of 2018, stating that there are, quote, consequences for those who don't do so out of ignorance or direct disobedience. Quote, as you remember the Lord your God, according to Deuteronomy 8.18, through your first fruits offering, he gives you the power to acquire wealth to establish his covenant. Each January, I put God first and honor him with the first of our substance by sowing a first fruits offering of one month's pay. That is a big sacrifice, but it is a seed for the harvest I am believing for in the coming year. She urged others to do so as well, noting that some of her partners, quote, sow a month's pay, a week's pay, or a day's pay, whatever is their best. White stated that the offering differs from a tithe or 10% because it is the whole of the first. She asserted that 2018 is a year of life and deliverance from struggle and it begins right now with first fruits. White noted that part of the Hebrew word for 18 means alive or living. Quote, we are demanding life to your purpose, she declared, and with obedience to this first fruits instruction, which is putting God first now, your purpose, your year, your prosperity, and your power will have life and be resurrected. When you apply this, everything comes in divine alignment for his plan and promises for you. (laughs) When you don't honor it, whether through ignorance or direct obedience, there are consequences. And then to finish up here, White White is offering a book, a devotional, and or a wall calendar in exchange for a first fruits offering, depending on the amount donated. So if you'll give her a month's worth of pay, she'll sell you a book. Um, That will almost certainly be the most expensive book that anyone will buy this year. Um, I am perhaps too angry to really start this. You want to go first? Or, you know, you're too angry, too. I can see the look on your face. So um, I got it. This stuff makes me furious Uh, because I would turn around and ask the question, then what about Sabbath and what about the rest of the feast and not the ones you're trying to make money off of? This is why. Um, I feel the way I feel about some of the things in the Hebraic roots um, concern as far as trying to get the information out because I have great concern that when some of these prosperity people get a hold of this stuff, they're going to do exactly this. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and it's disgusting and it's shameful, and she should be publicly rebuked for it. Absolutely. More than this. Matter of fact, uh, let, even if it would get me banned from a place like this, let me just flat out state from this position she is wrong, her motivations are wrong. And we absolutely rebuke what she is doing. You're going to set aside your first fruits in January, which has nothing to do with the biblical calendar. You're going to use the year 2018, which doesn't have anything to do with the biblical year. I just have no use for this kind of stuff, and I really get fed up with it. Uh, And we can shift gears. Otherwise, I'm going to start getting really nasty here because I just get tired of this kind of movement because the whole purpose, the picture was dealing with wheat, but what was it really about? It was really about people. When Pentecost came, who was harvested? souls people. were harvested people were harvested Three thousand. they quote the uh what, that the reaper will take over the sower talking about and they think that has to do with money that has to do with people god has always and only ever been concerned about people yes he wants us blessed yes he wants us proper prosperous 
but not to the point that where we forget the calling and the purpose and the reason for the gospel, and we take the things that he gave us to use to worship them and then turn these things into money-making apparatuses. Well, that is Americanism. We worship Malek at that point. It, right. And it there, there's no doubt about it. This okay, before you go any God. further, you're going to have to explain to everybody what you just said. Uh, we worship Malek. Uh, when so there are a couple of gods, false gods who are specifically called uh, called out, and Malek uh, happens to be one of those. And um, Messiah said, "You you can choose. You can either go chasing after money, uh, or you can come follow me." And this is one of those where someone has taken a piece of scripture, and, and he was talking about being up so upset when they get a hold of this because I can just about prove from from Old Testament scripture that really the tithe was more like 20, 25, perhaps as much as 30%, 30% over the course of a year. When these people get a hold of this and really all they're worried about is getting into your pocketbook, they're going to be able to make you feel really bad about it. And right. there will be people out there who are absolutely ruined by they this. They find out about the, t- the tithe of was it the first year, the third year, the seventh year. I mean, the the, the tithe for the trees, the tithe for the first fruits. The, yeah, they're, they're just going to go So I'm, I'm looking at this. I mean, when you don't honor it, First fruits is what she's saying. When you don't honor it, whether through ignorance or direct disobedience, there are consequences. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say what they are. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's a bullying it's, tactic. It's not right. positive. It, what it's she's a bullying saying. tactic. Uh, um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost tongue tied here. Over say, this. Let's, let's shift gears. Don't give her any more. Well, uh, my and the point you made a while ago. What about um, okay? So you're saying there are there are consequences for not doing this. However, almost all of this was meant to be delivered to the temple, which does not exist. Mm-hmm. So, if there are consequences for not substituting you for God's temple and giving money to you, then what about those things which were supposed to be given directly to God? What about the the feasts where He commanded you to observe them? What about the Sabbath where He commanded you to observe it? If there are consequences for something that you've twisted. What are the consequences for the things that are not yet twisted? The things that God very specifically said, you shall do these. Mm. Oh, Amen. <laughs> I start preaching. Whoa, whoa, the person adds either a, a dot or a tittle mm. to the word. All right. I just, yeah, it's very frustrating. Uh, I, and that's it is a concern, like I said a minute well, ago. Uh, you'd both be happy to know that other people have challenged her. Mm-hmm. Uh, on on this but well this, and if she stuff, had just come on and said hey this is what i choose to do and and i think other people should be generous that would have been fine to be like oh okay well i can't really afford to give up an entire month of my salary right at the beginning of the year but when she starts going and by the way if you don't right. god's going to punish you because right. god is that cosmic bully there's with a, the bat right there's a lot no. of things that we need to look at the principle and how some of it applies and that's how these things should be expressed and how they should be taught there are certain things that are direct that we should do, but then there are other things that we can glean principles that we can apply into our lives. You can take a principle of the idea of tithing and of first fruits and apply them to your life if maybe you want to say, hey, this was the principle that God established, and I think I'm going to use that every year to maybe give an extra 100 bucks to an orphanage or something sure. like that. Where And you can apply those principles, but once you start trying to say, that only the financial things apply, but mm-hmm. while you skip over the other things that Billy mentioned, that's where I have a problem, because that takes and Americanizes the gospel, which turns us into these just you know fat, dumb, and happy, prosperous people without real concern uh, about people and their needs, but just trying to get money out of them. Well, to say that quote, laying down a seed unquote, so that God will make someone rich, or that you can pay off God to bless future plans. 
is an abusive lie from adherents of the prosperity gospel. Absolutely. To give sacrificially is to follow in the example of the widow of Mark 12, 41 through 44, and is commendable as long as it isn't coerced. That's right. Right. And her, her there will be consequences is exactly that, coercion. Um, and if you want to plant seeds, and I'm, I would never tell anyone not to tithe. Um, I, I believe in it. I'm a supporter of it. My my wife and I practice tithing and have our entire lives. Um, but if you really want to plant seed in someone's life, instead of giving money to someone who wants to bully you, how about sharing the gospel? Because that's where real seed gets planted. Yeah, give it to, uh, uh, was it uh, the group that handles for the martyrs? Yeah. Give uh, them money to give away Bibles to yeah. believers. Find your local orphanage. Um, yeah. Find your find a widow that you can help out. I mean, there are things do good that you personally are going to see. Absolutely, those it, organizations that are going around the world and feeding and clothing and taking care of, not paying for people to go around and just preach more about how if you give them more, you'll get more, give them more and preach more. Find those organizations that are begging for money that are actually going out and putting clothes on people and taking care of those in the I'm, prison. Uh, and stuff. I'm looking at. Uh, I was looking for something to donate to. And I think that uh, this group that goes out and has these um, filters that take the water nasty water mm-hmm. and, and makes it drinkable, th- that's the biggest problem they got in Africa right yeah. now. Absolutely. You yeah. can really change lives There's by another organization doing that. that. Is raising money to drill wells all over Africa. Yeah. Yep. yeah. All right, let's take a break. Yep. Let me uh, finish up by talking about aero plumbing today. Uh, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Been talking about Earl a lot. Earl Donaldson, who is the owner of Aero Plumbing, he put this program, this program, this business together, and uh, all the things I talk about came out of his mind, and uh, he's put it into action and made it one of the best plumbing uh, companies uh, here in Arkansas and probably in the United States. I only know of a couple of more plumbing outfits that are are better, perhaps, than Earl's. Here's his 100% satisfaction guarantee. See if uh, your your business that you do business with for plumbing has this. If you are not 100% satisfied with the service they've provided, they'll refund all of your money, no questions asked. If their plumber smokes or swears in your home, does not wear shoe covers, or has not been drug tested, you don't have to pay for the service at all. And finally, if a repair fails in the first year, they'll repair it again at no charge to you. That's what makes Aero Plumbing special. And that's just one of their many guarantees they have, that the 100% satisfaction guarantee. To find out where to call to talk to the folks at Aero Plumbing, go to aeroplumbing.net or just Google it, Aero plumbing that's me and welcome back to the show uh steve hestis here billy what's your last name miller billy oh, miller. You know, i just always knew you by billy billy miller is with us as well and uh, they've been talking about first fruits today and uh, misconceptions and erroneous teachings we've gotten into that uh today and of course paula white would disagree with us saying that it's an erroneous teaching but we've given both sides I suggest that you do study about it, and although I'm thinking a lot of you, as I'm talking about this, really have no clue what First Fruits is all about in the first place. 
Well, and we have to we have to understand what the purpose of first fruits really was, because the first fruit the the purpose of first fruits was to foreshadow the resurrection of Messiah. Uh, he is referred to as the first fruits of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So, because he was the second Adam. Uh, there we go, and, and he is the first to be raised from the dead right. eternally. While while Lazarus was uh, raised, he died again at yes, some point. Did. So, uh, Messiah becomes the first one who's who gets up out of the ground and ain't going back in. So he is that first fruits of resurrection, and that's what first fruits points forward to, and that's how we can. Um, kind of go back and look at the calendar and go, okay, well, it was really likely this year because we have to have this stuff all line up uh, just right in order to get the timing that that we need to get the sign of Jonah and these sorts of things. So um, this is all very symbolic, and it's all very important, and taking it and being all loosey-goosey with it and trying to turn it into a buck yeah. drives me crazy. Yeah, uh-huh. All right, so got a couple more questions for, okay. for you guys. Uh-oh. All right. Just uh, a, lo- a few days ago, the Pope said there is no hell. Yeah, I, I thought I read there was a whole lot of backtracking going on there. Well, there was, okay. but hmm. he was quoted as saying there is no hell. At, uh, he came he came on to that as the people who believe that you're 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 destroyed. Mm-hmm. You're, you're <laughs> destroyed. You become non. You become nothing. Yeah, which I have a hard time rectifying with Scripture. There's a couple places that give that indication that that's a possibility. Now, I, my uh, the church I kind of grew up around, they believe that. Um, they believe that the only only those who are righteous uh, that will endure, or, I'm sorry, will merit the resurrection. Uh, but there's a scripture, I believe it's in Ecclesiastes, that speaks of that um, when the body dies, the soul goes back to God and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is there is this kind of some indication, but I think those are just a, those are the that like that verse being used there is not to indicate um you know heaven or hell he's just telling you that when you die you die uh but there are plenty of other places where hell type things are mentioned like sheol uh i think as a matter of fact um even the um in rabbinic tradition i believe even says that sheol was one of the first seven things i think created at creation um and like messiah was included then i believe hell was included in that as well besides the heavens um uh, but uh that's where part of that comes from and mo- now I will tell you what we mostly understand about hell is wrong. A lot of people yeah. will say things like that Jesus went to hell and fought the devil. Nope. The devil's not in hell. The devil doesn't have a kingdom in hell. Hell is the place where he's going to go, according to the book of Revelation, that that's where he uh, and his angels and that's are reserved for that. Mm-hmm. And, and can uh, we can we back up just because that's one of my personal pet peeves as well. Sure. That, that you mean Jesus, he's not sitting on a throne down in hell? No. Well, that Jesus fork. fought against Satan. Um Satan fights against Jesus, Mm -hmm. but when Jesus decides to fight, there will be no resistance. Jesus is not yet fighting against Satan because when he speaks, the fight will be over, period, plain and simple. That's right. Well, when what is it in in, uh, Revelation talks about the word coming out of his mouth like a a sword and just Mm -hmm. wiping people, Yep. just destroying people and nations. The two-edged sword that will come out of his mouth, and he'll just destroy. So when the time comes, there's not going to be uh, any There will fighting. be no resistance. Yeah, there was no battle going on in hell. No. And, and hell no. is just... But yes, the seven levels and all that stuff from Dante's and all that stuff. That that and Does that come from just the, the verse where it says you, you secured the keys to hell or whatever? Uh, uh, death, hell, and the grave. Yeah. Yes, and also where it says that uh, where he went into the earth. There's a place, I can't remember if it's in Corinthians, where it talks about how he went down into the grave. Um, 
and they they uh, they get from that that that's where they well they infer that they extrapolate correct. correct. Now, if he was doing anything during that period of time, and when you're taught about looking at the Bible and like writing a sermon, you never extrapolate. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, no, no sure. No, nobody. I have <laughs> never ever no. done anything like that. Right. But if he Today. was doing anything like that under the earth, it would have been in what um, Luke 15 talks about, the rich man and Lazarus, where he went to Abraham's bosom. Mm-hmm. If, Abraham. if mm-hmm. Messiah went anywhere, that's where he would have been during those three days, was talking to those who were in Abraham's bosom. You got 60 seconds. A lot of people say, well, you know, Christ died on the cross, and they think that that means he died, died completely. Mm-hmm. He died physically, right. but he still lived spiritually that's right his flesh is what died yes and, and it's now that's why i said he he um he did go in and that's my personal belief in how i interpret some of those things and then so in some of the other traditions is he was at the place of abraham's bosom and uh, he preached to the people and there, that's correct? that's what i think was going on during those three days and where but he was this at. too is an extrapolation correct so. <laughs> because you got to because you, you know when you see the story that the the parable that jesus told um, about that, you can kind of get the idea that there must have been some sort of place like that in existence. But yes, there's not an exact scripture that says that's what he was doing. Steve, good job today. Steve that was a quick, quick hour. Billy, you did a great job today. Thanks, Billy sir. Miller. All right, I want to make sure you know his last name as well. Next week, we're back on Tuesday again. More of your questions, more answers for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Have a great evening. I'll see you again tomorrow at 2. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.